You're in the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. With Gene and Chris and the Paracast, we've got a really fascinating episode for you this week. But there's always fascinating stories to tell in the crazy, wacky UFO field. It's almost like we're working for Entertainment Weekly, or People Magazine for that matter, or Us Magazine to report the trials and tribulations of the personalities. So now, is there a falling out amongst the exopolitics people now? There's a big attack against alleged financial improprieties and other stuff by Dr. Stephen Greer in connection with that serious documentary film. What's going on? I don't know, Gene. Uh, You have to kind of take all this with a grain of salt. The report is coming from Alfred Weber, and his his track record, I think, is a little shoddy when it comes to getting facts correct. So we, I think we should not take this particular version of events at face value. It does appear, however, though, that there has been a falling out amongst the uh, Greer crew, uh, the ambassadors uh, to the universe crowd. I'm not sure what to make of it. I could do a little digging on the on the backside of this to find out. But is it worth the effort, though? I mean, well, you know, it is because Greer Greer is quite uh, he does quite have kind of figurehead status among the true believer crowd. And, And I think if there is some sort of financial irregularities going on, which many have suspected uh, for a number of years uh, surrounding his claims of of getting support uh, to complete of you know free energy devices and the amount of money that's generated uh, by CSETI for these uh, training sessions around the country there's a lot of cash that's been flowing around the the amount of money that was spent on this serious documentary uh allegations of of skimming money and and this sort of thing uh, i think are unfounded until we really uh, find out and, and dig to the bottom of this, uh, it it has created, I guess, from from the sound of it, uh, a bit of controversy within Greer's inner circle, uh, according to Weber. But uh, there's also this this allegation of drug use, which uh, is, is a little surprising to me. Uh, the drugs are never identified. Someone, I think, uh, in in one of the comments uh, s- suggested possibly steroids because of his uh, his bodybuilding efforts that he's kind of undergone the last few years and he's but you know what who cares if the guy wants to kill himself with steroids why do we care we worry about athletes because in a sense they're cheating but if a private citizen wants to take steroids that's his problem that's her problem yeah well steroids do have a tendency to affect uh behavior and someone is um public as greer i think um you know his uh his behavior issues could be explained uh i mean there is a lot of posturing going on uh, by uh, the good doctor he does have quite a an inflated view of himself and his role um, as uh, chief ambassador to the universe so uh, possibly uh, some of these what appear to be delusions of grandeur may 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 be partially due to uh, to some sort of behavior changes uh, brought on by by drug use I, I I'm not saying that that's the case I, I don't see any proof of this. Um, I think these types of allegations, just uh, a very cavalier attitude that Weber took by just saying, uh, you know, drug use. I mean, he's got to come up with something a little bit more concrete uh, in order for that particular very salacious allegation to be taken seriously. Okay, here's what they say about sourcing. We always have to pay attention to how far removed this claim is. 
It said one exopolitics.com confidential source in direct contact with former Greer core team members. So, you know, all right, so it's secondhand. It's not so bad. I've heard worse. It's not someone who knows somebody who knows somebody. Well, so still, these, t- these types of claims need to be, uh, I, I mean, we need a little bit more to go on than, than unnamed anonymous sources close to the doctor. I, you know, again, I, you know, ask, you, <laughs> ask me if I care. Uh, Greer, to me, has been uh, one of the people, uh, at least in my uh, humble opinion, that has brought more uh, problems into this field uh, than solutions. Uh, of course, his disclosure efforts and getting witnesses together and whatnot. I, I have always seen it as being a way to legitimize and and um, put a stamp of approval on his uh, his grandiose uh, view of himself. And I told him twenty plus years ago that his message is more important than he is, and and he's just gone off the deep end. Uh, I mean, years ago he he's been off the reservation for quite some time. I I really think that he's he's created more problems than uh, than he's solved at this point. You know, Chris. One of the other things is here that he is still taken seriously in far too many places. You still see him turning up at supposedly serious UFO events. The citizens hearing on disclosure, I think he was one of the worst offenses there. Having him there, you know, we can say less for someone like Linda Moulton Howe, whose antics is just a sideshow compared to Greer. So I think well, I mean, they had him at the, at the International MUFON conference. This That's year, right. Didn't but MUFON isn't a complete mess itself. Let's point yeah. out that MUFON has now another, yet another international director. I mean, for many years, they had one, then they had another one. Now you've had another changeover in recent months, and you have this L.A. division of MUFON splitting off. The fact that they tend to allow more of the, shall we say, outrageous or extreme aspects in terms of UFO speakers and presentations at their events I guess they're trying to reach out and reach more people, get a bigger audience. But how does that help in the cause of scientific UFO research? It doesn't. And I'm, I really have high hopes for Jan Harzen, who is the new uh, president of International MUFON. I do. I've known Jan for many years. He's very level-headed, extremely up to speed, very talented. He's a good businessman. He worked for many years for IBM. Uh, I think out of everyone that's been in that position, I think Jan um, has the skill set and the people skills, I think, to, uh, to move, move on, hopefully, in a, forward in a positive direction. John Schusler was, a, was close, but uh, again, he, there were too many strings attached with, uh, with his relation, long-time relationship with Walt Andrus. And, and uh, you know, Jan is really, um, I just can't say enough about him. I've always really appreciated his very, his very, down-to-earth and very sober uh, analysis of the UFO phenomenon. And I, I think he's going to really, I think he's really a good choice for, for the organization. We should talk to him on the PowerCast, get an idea of his vision, because it's not just being level-headed, it's not just being serious, it's not just being a good business person, but somebody who can get in there, and if a few heads have to roll to <laughs> write that ship, well, if he has... The gumption to do that, we, of course, applaud it because we need more serious UFO investigation. We don't need the kind of sideshows typified 
by the exopolitics people and certainly by Dr. Greer. Anyway, today we've got a fascinating session that you put together with two previous guests together for the first time on the Paracast. Tell us more. Um, Scott Allen Roberts, we had, we've had on the show. We talked about his, um, his book, uh, Covering Ancient Civilizations. He has a new book out that looks at, at uh, the whole idea of the reptilian meme um, as it has progressed through, through culture uh, since ancient times. Uh, fascinating book. I'm, I'm looking forward to reading it. And, um, and Micah, of course, uh, we had him on talking about his most recent work, The UFO Singularity, which I found fascinating. Uh, Micah is one of my, my favorite um, younger folks in, in the field. Uh, he's an extremely bright, out-of-the-box thinker, a very talented musician, I might add, too. His, uh, his uh, Runners of the Green Laurel uh, Bluegrass Band is just world-class. And, and I really like Micah. He's, he's extremely articulate. And the two of them together have put together what they're calling the Paradigm Symposium, last year being the first inaugural um, you know, version of this uh, hopefully annual conference um, that's held in uh, the Minneapolis-St. Paul area. Well, and, I'll tell uh, you what, it's been many years since I've been to Minneapolis-St. Paul, so I should look into that. Of course, Micah Hanks has had both of us on separately on his Grelian Report radio show. Correct. Okay, so let's just say, let's get ready for this. We'll have Scott Allen Roberts, Micah Hanks, up next, you're in the Paracast. Neighbors, are you tired of dealing with a slow web hosting provider? Well, check out A2 Hosting and their screaming fast Swift server platform. They even have SSDs that load pages 300% faster than the competition. Ready to give your site a speed boost? Well, Tell you what, neighbors, head on over to a2hosting.com. That's A2, that's number two, a2hosting.com. Check out their Prime Hosting account. And get this, neighbors, they're even giving you an exclusive 25% off discount for all our listeners. 25%. And remember, their Guru Crew support team is standing by 24 7 365 days a year to answer any of your questions. Now, to get the discount, use the coupon code GENE when you check out. Hi, this is Eric Hamburg with Midas Resources Gold and Silver. Ever wonder why billionaires like Warren Buffett, John Paulson are dumping their shares of U.S. company stocks? Do they know something we don't? No investor wants to own stocks with falling profit margins and shrinking dividends. Is it possible a 1987-style market crash is coming? Are these investors aware of a massive correction of up to 90%? Call me, Eric Hamburg, at 800-686-2237, extension 120, and find out why gold and silver are the only true safe haven. With event-driven risks, such as volatility in the financial market and conflict in Syria and the Middle East, the sky is the limit for gold and silver. That's Eric Hamburg, 800 686 886-2237, extension 120, and I'll send you a, a brochure explaining why gold and silver are the only way to preserve your purchasing power. As a currency's value crumbles and gold being priced in dollars, metal's value will skyrocket. Again, that's Eric Hamburg, Midas Resources, 800-686-2237, extension 120. And you thought the most painful question from your child was this. Are we there yet? Questions on family trips are nothing compared to questions from real family emergencies caused by weather, natural disasters, or terrorism. 
I'm super hungry. What are we going to eat? Daddy, I'm scared. Why don't we have enough food? Daddy should have been better prepared. September is National Preparedness Month. Now you can be prepared. Now you should. Now you have awareness, and now you have your solution. Go to freezedryguy.com. Freeze Dry Guy will get you ready with the Family First Responders Kit. It's your emergency solution with delicious freeze-dried food, safe water, and even fire starting. Call 866-404-3663, 866-404-FOOD, or log on to freezedryguy.com. Protect your family now with emergency preparedness and say... FreezeDryGuy.com. Summertime is sale time at Herbal Healer Academy. Current customers know this is the time to save big and stock up at HerbalHealer.com. New customers, welcome to the web's best place to save on vitamins, minerals, and more. Right now, Herbal Healer's summer specials include our 500 parts per million colloidal silver, all sizes on sale, CoQ10 with Hawthorne, Colon Enhancer, Sea Cucumber, Super Fam and Super Male Plex, plus Glucosamine Chondroitin, our best-selling liquid CalMag Vitamin D, and our colloidal minerals, all on sale for summer at HerbalHealer.com and Herbal Healer also offers certificate correspondence courses in natural medicine. Enjoy same-day shipping and free online newsletter. Log on to our nation's leader in supplying quality natural medicine and education. Since 1988, Herbal Healer Academy at HerbalHealer.com. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com that's news at theparacast.com and if you'd like to catch up on past episodes we have hundreds of shows for you to download direct from theparacast.com that's theparacast.com or check us out at iTunes we have Gene, we have Chris we have Micah Hanks with an Interesting avatar on a Skype account that looks like a lazy green ET, not a gray, but a green. And then we have Scotty Roberts, and we're all together in one virtual room, and no room is too big for us. Our egos are not as large as a certain former emergency room doctor, but I don't want to get into that. <laughs> but, you know, that, uh, that former emergency room doctor... Uh, is actually from my hometown down here in Asheville, North Carolina. And so, uh, you know, there are a lot of interesting stories floating around about uh, what he used to see floating around in the skies here in Asheville. But, yes, you're right. That's another story, guys. Great to be on the Paracast. Yeah, it's good to be here. Uh, I have no stories of emergency room doctors, but uh, yep. I'm good we'll over here. The listeners. We'll leave that to the listeners to figure out who we're talking about. <laughs> well, actually, yes. we talked about him in the previous segment. We were, of course, talking about you two behind your backs, as we are wont to do here on the Paracast. No, we talked All about right. this guy. That's right. We have an introductory segment where we have at different people. You see, in the old days of the Paracast, we did that at the end of the show. Now we give you a week to digest what happened. And then we talk about people, but not always about the people. So you two guys are involved in a conference in Minneapolis. And let me tell you, the last time I was in Minneapolis was before most of you were born, I think. I don't think it was called Minneapolis then. It was just a cave. It was still, it was still like Pig's Eye or something like that. No, wait, that was St. Paul. 
Okay, in the pig side, but why would you have a paranormal event in Minneapolis? And I have to explain to you that I spent the longest four years of my life in a 13-month time frame in South Minnesota working for a radio station. And it got to be, what, 30 degrees below? And that's when it's warm? Uh, You know what? That's the big misnomer, I think, about Minnesota is that now you lived here for 13 months. I've lived here for 52 years, practically. Minnesota gets a bad rap because it's got two weeks in the middle of the winter that are dead cold. And I mean dead cold. You could be subarctic. Uh, we could have a movie like The Thing filmed here, you know, one of those stereotypical ice stations out in our backyard. Uh, you can get up to six feet of snow. You can get 30 below zero, uh, actual temperature 75 with the wind chill. But in the summer, like last week, we had a 107-degree heat index with the humidity. It'll get up to 98 to 102 degrees with the uh, uh, 80, 80% humidity. And you step outside, and you might as well just stay inside. There's only so much you can take off, but you can keep putting on mucklucks and layers of fur in the winter. Uh, it's not too bad up here. It's, uh, it's still hot. I'm packing my bags. I'm moving there right now. Right on. below. 107 heat index, man, that's just my cup of tea. And, you know, it's it's all your, your point of perspective in the year, too, because or in the winter you say, I cannot wait till summer. And in the summer you're going, oh, my God, it's deathly hot out here. I cannot wait for 20 below zero. Well, I'd you rather... can't wait. I can wait. <laughs> <laughs> I can sure wait. But I'll tell you what, when is this event going to be held? October 17th through the 20th at uh, the historic Union Depot in downtown St. Paul. Okay, so the weather's going to be really good then. Yeah, it should be. Last year was in the mid-50s, and the year before it was in the mid-80s. So you never know what it's going to do that weekend. Okay, before we get on with other subjects, what's the bill of fare? Who's going to be there? Uh, Micah, do you want me to go with this, uh, or do you want to roll with it? It's Scotty. Roll with it. I will go. We have a phenomenal cast, or as we like to say, cadre of seasoned speakers. We've got Robert Bavall, and you've all seen him. Uh, He's been on... Ancient Aliens, he's been on uh, just about every Egyptological documentary that's out there on the on the cable networks. Uh, he's going to be here speaking. Scott Walter, who is the host of H2's America Unearthed. Dr. Robert Schock, again, you've seen him, Ancient Aliens, in all kinds of documentaries. He's going to be talking about uh, the Sphinx and Forgotten Civilization. L.A. Marzulli will be here. He is the uh, best-selling uh, uh uh, Nephilim trilogy that he did, and also the Watchers series. Uh, Dr. John Ward, British archaeologist living in Luxor, Egypt, uh, just co-authored a, a, a book with me, and uh, he's going to be here speaking. Nick Redfern, the prolific Nick Redfern. Uh, so he's going to get away from writing his 300 books a year to spend a few days with you guys. He's going to take a weekend off and, and probably drop down to 298 books this year. Oh, he's not. He's so. going to be in his hotel room writing the whole time. You, you know it. And, <laughs> and as we like to say, uh, <laughs> as we're quipping here about the weather, uh, Nick's probably pumped out another 62,000 words. So I understand uh, he's fighting Brad Steiger to become the most prolific paranormal author uh, on the planet. Well, uh, yeah. You know what? I think it's a it's a good head-to-head right now. We've got Laird Scranton, who is not in competition to be the most prolific author, but uh, is pretty amazing. He wrote uh, his books, of course. He's known for his work on the Dogon and uh, his linguistics and so on. Uh, we've got a uh, favorite of yours, Anthony F. Sanchez, will be here. We have uh, David Weatherly, and you know David Weatherly, uh, Black-Eyed Children, Strange Intruders, and so on. Uh, he will be here. Dan Madsen, who's a good friend of uh, Micah's and mine, 
I've known Dan for about 30 years. He used to publish the Star Trek Communicator magazine and Star Wars, Lord of the Rings, uh, Indiana Jones, Lucasfilms, all of those magazines. He was a mogul in that field. And so he's just coming uh, to talk about his experiences. Uh, Larry Flaxman, Marie D. Jones, you're familiar with. Got Thomas Fusco. We've got this guy, Christopher O'Brien, coming, some Irish dude. Um, Christopher who? It's O'Brien. Don't you know? And... uh, uh, actually, I don't know if, you, if he's Irish at all, but it sure sounds that way. Got Dr. John DeSalvo, Giza Research Association. He's got crystal skulls and things like that. We have uh, an interesting guest in P.Z. Myers, who is uh, an evolutionary biologist with the University of Minnesota Morris up here. Uh, also a uh, dyed-in-the-wool, uh, not just a skeptic, a hating, bitter, angry, atheistic skeptic. Oh, and, uh, boy, one of those. Yes. <laughs> Gene's favorite type. And uh, it took some coaxing to get him to come to this. And he and I are not really friends, but I was in a debate with him once, and uh, he thought he totally undid me. But I invited him for uh, to come to our symposium and present his ideas. And I had a lot of uh, sycophant to uh, say that again, Micah. So that he can totally undo you this year. Yeah, yes, he can totally undo you. And I'm going to sick Micah on him. Then, of course, you have Make Micah. Make sure Micah isn't sick before you sick him on him. <laughs> yes that's terrible no. you know people say i tell terrible puns and jokes and i <laughs> resemble that remark but i don't believe in that at all you know gene i i've heard worse puns than that i bet you've expressed a few <laughs> you know i mean normally here you know we have to have some hard-edged conversation as we are you know like you know just a few weeks ago we had this great debate featuring Scott Ramsey and Kevin Randall about the Aztec UFO incident, and nobody convinced the other of anything. Of but course. we put them in the same virtual room, and we got them to talk for a couple of hours. And Chris and I were just, shall we say, flies on the wall. We listened to them. It was a lot of fun. So those debates are good when it's not just done for show, where the talk show yes. host, can you hear me, Bill O'Reilly, screams over the guest that he doesn't like because it makes for good shows and good ratings. But I won't talk about that, and I won't do that. Was that interview kind of like like putting them in a corner, each in the corner of the room, tossing a knife into the middle of the floor and and just shutting yourself out of the room, seeing what happens next? We will have a knife in the room if we don't do this break now. Okay, we got Scotty Roberts. Yes, we have Scotty on the show. Scotty Roberts, not the other Scotty. Micah Hanks with Gene and Chris. You're in the Paracast. The GCN Radio Network, providing the world with hard-hitting talk radio. GCN. Great talk radio starts here. If you want to get your website online and you need reliable service, first-class service at the lowest possible price, there's only one place to go. Well, DreamHost has a special promotion with our show where they'll offer you unlimited disk space, unlimited bandwidth, one-click web apps such as WordPress, 24-7 support. You can save over $55. You want to know how? Go to DreamHost.com slash radio, DreamHost.com slash radio. Whether it's personal mail, whether it's business email, you want reliable, dependable delivery, freedom from spam, freedom from viruses. Well, Polaris Mail offers professional email hosting services for your personal or small business use. Each account uses 25 gigabytes of storage, an easy-to-use webmail interface, and full mobile sync. Sign up today for a 30-day free trial at PolarisMail.com, PolarisMail.com. Hi there. 
My name is Frank Bates. What I'm about to tell you in the next 60 seconds could get me in a lot of trouble. I just created a free video presentation at 123coverup.com that exposes the electricity monopolies and government agencies for what they really are, incompetent, lying crooks that are counting on your ignorance and fear to keep your power bills criminally high. Some have called this a conspiracy. Others have called it a cover-up, and you will be shocked to find out how deep the conspiracy goes. My video at 123coverup.com exposes the truth and shows you the secret of how I beat them and how you can beat them too. Watch the controversial video that thousands of other smart patriots have already seen in the last three months. Go to 123coverup.com and discover one weird trick to slash your power bill and protect your home. Go watch my video now at 123coverup.com before they force me to shut it down. Again, that's 123coverup.com. For over five years, you've been hearing about the Berkey guy, so you may know a few things about him. For example, you are well aware of the superior quality and effectiveness of Berkey water filters and accessories. But did you know the Berkeys have had independent lab tests done to prove just how effective they are? It's true, and he can email you the test results. Just visit GoBerkey.com. You may also know that the Berkey guy has helped tens of thousands of people get better prepared. Now here's something you may not know. GoBerkey.com has amazing specials and deals all the time on a wide variety of survival and preparedness products. Most ready to ship same day. Visit the Berkey guy at GoBerkey.com and be sure to click the red Products on Sale Now button. You can always call toll-free 877-886-3653. Again, that's 877-886-3653. GoBerkey.com, home of the Berkey guy. Times are changing, and violent crimes against law-abiding citizens are out of control. Protect yourself with legal, affordable, 100% made-in-the-USA ballistic body armor. Available at AR500.com. Rated for calibers up to 308 Winchester. Packages including armor start at only $210. It's the right of every responsible American citizen to own body armor. Get some at 602-501-9607 or AR500.com. Let Emergency Essentials help you prepare with our Mountain House Super Sale. Right now, get 40% off every can. Mountain House freeze-dried food is the premier solution for your long-term storage. Delicious flavors, easy preparation, and scientifically proven shelf life of 25-plus years. This month only, save 40% on more than 20 Mountain House varieties. Call Emergency Essentials at 800-999-1863 or click BePrepared.com. The choice is clear. Be unprepared or BePrepared.com. Hi, this is nuclear physicist lecturer Stanton Friedman. You are listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. Okay, let's get down to brass tacks. On the Paracast with Gene and Chris, we have Micah Hanks of the Graylian Report. We have author Scott Allen Roberts, or Scotty. And we're here, obviously, to talk about their event come October in Minneapolis, when the weather is really good there. But I want to bring up a topic for both of you to discuss, because you've both written about ancient aliens or ancient phenomena. And that is, it was a recent book about conspiracies and other subjects from Kevin Randall, who's written a lot of books himself. And he didn't sound like he accepts much of that stuff. 
about the possibility of some interaction with advanced beings in times gone by. What do you say, either of you take this, to people who don't believe in the theories of people like Eric Von Daniken, or even someone you don't know, Yona Fortner, who was talking about that thing in the 50s? You know, if I, if I could jump in here, I'll say this. I don't think that we can maybe rule out completely the possibility that there were intelligent beings. And I think when we talk about intelligent beings, we have to be fairly specific and declarative about this. When people talk about ancient astronauts, they tend to believe that we're talking about physical beings that visited Earth. Now, maybe that did happen. I remember talking with a staunch skeptic, actually an astronomy professor here at a college in the region where I live in Western North Carolina years ago. And he was so dismissive of the idea of UFO reports, despite Blue Book, despite Hynek and Valet and all the researchers who've come and gone and studied and, and presented what I think at times is pretty credible evidence of something going on, whether or not you look at that as being alien. And the gentleman, when it came to the discussion of UFOs, said, I've never seen credible evidence of anything that's visited Earth in, a, in, in the present day, but I wouldn't doubt that maybe in ancient times we were visited. I thought about that, and I, I, to me, that's such a strange statement because... How do you prove that Earth was visited in ancient times? And how do you say that there's no proof of that in the modern era with the plethora of information available to us? Which I think in a, in a lot of instances, the more debunker style skeptics, you know, Jim Mars makes a distinction between debunkers and just skeptics. I mean, I'm, I'm a skeptical researcher. Some people literally have a predisposition toward debunking which shows an ideological component to this. So how is it that a person can say that there's no evidence of something going on that we could call the UFO phenomenon? I don't think that you can make that as a fair statement. I also think that when it comes to ancient aliens, maybe Kevin Randall's right to question that, because, again, it's, it's very funny to me that people say that evidence of ancient civilizations and advanced technologies that existed long ago has to be proof that aliens were essentially coming down here and building great big mud pies along the Giza Plateau and, and places like this. It's strange to me that in a, in a highly advanced technology, and I think Kevin Randall made this point, maybe even on this program, that uh, when we look at something like the pyramids, that doesn't seem to be indicative of an extremely advanced extraterrestrial technology. It seems to be evidence that there were humans in ancient times that were capable of doing these kinds of things. And I have to say, in relation to Paradigm Symposium, since we do deal with that subject a lot... Uh, at the symposium, I want to make it clear, I personally don't endorse age, uh, ancient alien theories. I look at ancient mysteries, and I will look at a ufological component to some of those. I don't look at ancient mysteries like the pyramids, like the Sphinx, you know, and some of these other ancient sites as being direct evidence of alien interaction with earthlings long ago. What he said. Uh, yeah, you know, that's pretty much uh, uh, along the lines where I would be. Some of the last statements Micah made is that I don't personally endorse the ancient alien theory. I have written about it. I have talked about it. I've said, I, I put it in this, this, this kind of tone. I say, I'm intrigued by that theory, and I cannot dis be absolutely 100% dismissive of it. But I would need to have, and this is where it smacks of some of the, uh, maybe your more stalwart skeptics out there. I tend to be skeptical, but I want to have more proof before I can say that this exists. I'm not the guy to go out there and put shovel in the dirt and try to start to do archaeological digs and try to find this. The people that are working on these things, that's great. Putting forth a notion doesn't mean a damn thing to me. If you have a notion that means something and has some 
evidentiary backing, then then I can get that. I can understand it. I see some of the things that are put forward with ancient alien theory that sound pretty plausible, but plausibility is as far as I've seen it but taken. Plausibility doesn't necessarily mean actuality. And, and of course, conversations we've all had before on our own and in different settings is, uh, uh, you know, you can muse as much as you want about how perhaps the ancient gods, gods, devils, demons, angels, uh, everything in between, ancient mankind labeled what they saw as those things. Perhaps they had encounters with non-human entities. Perhaps there is a, a god that is over it all. Perhaps there are aliens. Perhaps there are something else. We don't know because, frankly, we weren't there. Trying to sift through the evidence that's available uh, really leaves you scratching your head and saying, eh, it looks interesting, but I don't know. And uh, I like to chalk a lot of this up to it, it's it's almost a reworking of ancient mythology. You've got ancient mythology re-emerging as the alien mythos today. And so for me to say that I, I fully adhere to the ancient alien theory would just, just be wrong. I don't. Some of the people we have speaking at our symposium certainly adhere to it. Uh, I know uh, uh, people like Laird Scranton will. I don't know that he necessarily adheres to ancient alien theory as much as he talks about all these similarities in linguistics and all the things that could possibly be so. So that's that's really where I'm left standing on that particular issue. Well, I, I think you've just solved the mystery of why Giorgio Sucolos' hair on, on the ancient alien show <laughs> uh, looks the way it does. It's because he's been scratching his head. <laughs> that, 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 that could it. be it. Gotta be it. Let's <laughs> talk about the head scratching, though. And that is, if it isn't interaction with advanced beings other than, of course, Scott, interaction with E.T., whatever, what possibly could it be? Coincidence? A bunch of coincidences we toss together? What? I think it could be a combination at times. And I know Scotty would agree about this because, I mean, I, I go to Scotty, of course, aside from planning paradigm symposium and things like that. I mean, you know, he and I are friends. We're very good friends, in fact, and we... We, we work on a lot of writing projects and research projects together. And uh, so I, I constantly, Gene and Chris, I'm always going back to Scotty and saying, clarify for me again what you think. And, and it is very much the case that with regard to, for instance, his research with the Nephilim and things like this, that there is a mythological component that he is examining. Certainly, we can get into the realm of saying, now, is this mythology derived from something that was actually authentic? Now, for me, and this is something else, and Scotty, maybe you can elaborate on this a bit, too. Uh, for me, I've always been more intrigued in terms of, for instance, cave art and things that often the ancient astronaut proponents have looked at and said, see, there it is, proof these people were drawing and literally documenting their literal physical interactions with spacemen. I look at those cave drawings, I look at these sorts of evidences, and I say, well, I mean, you know, I've also read really good fiction. You know, you could look at a book by Paul Anderson or H. Beam Piper, and you could say, did this individual have an encounter with an alien being, and did they... Did they write that down and that this clearly what is intended to be a fiction novel was this inspired by an actual circumstance? Lovecraft, H.P. Lovecraft's stories were often actually inspired by dreams. And so I think in many instances, probably the cave art could have been inspired by dreams. Or if we wanted to kind of follow the research of Terence McKenna, we might say that there was a component, you know, similar to the ecstatic visions of the shaman and that, you know, a shamanistic kind of a vision could also have maybe produced these kinds of experiences. But when you get into the work of researchers like uh, Slavik Vojtovic and uh, Dr. Rick Strassman and the DMT studies that were carried out, at, I believe it was Arizona State University in the 1990s, not only do you find a lot of parallels 
between people's reports of the entities that they allegedly encountered during the DMT state, many of those participants said that it was a very realistic, almost a lifelike or even a hyper-realistic interaction they had with these beings. And, and this is what's incredible to me, because again, I could talk about all these other esoteric areas. You know, I'm best known as a UFO, UFO researcher. You do also see some parallels between the reports of the ecstatic visionary experiences and the entities encountered there. And some of the nighttime UFO encounters, the abductions, the mantises, you know, the light beings, and even the alien greys. There are so many interesting comparisons. And again, it does, to me, come back around to comparative mythology. The question, I guess, is where does that stem from? Ecstatic visions, dreams, imagination, or, you know, just utter mythology? Or is there at the essence, at the very, you know, pinnacle of the mystery, is there that literal physical interaction that may have occurred? I don't personally believe that, but... But I think that that could be, at very least, a minute possibility. We have Micah Hanks and Scott Roberts joining Gene and Chris for a lot more. You're in the Paracast. America's number one source for independent talk radio for over a decade. We are the GCN Radio Network. Is there a secret UFO agenda? Do strange creatures from the darkest corners of the mind roam the earth? Is there evidence for mind control, time travel, or devious government conspiracies? Find out the inside scoop on the latest conspiracies, paranormal activity, and Freudian phenomena when you subscribe to Tim Beckley's Conspiracy Journal. It's jam-packed with stories, special book and DVD promotions, and the best news, it's absolutely free sent right to your mailbox, plus a bonus free email newsletter sent out every Friday. Simply send an email with your name and address to MrUFO at WebTV.net. That's MrUFO at WebTV.net. Find out what they don't want you to know. There is only one detox product that stands out above the rest. Micro Plant Powder. And it's available only at HempUSA.org. Micro Plant Powder does wonders by removing toxins from the body. Detoxification is a vital process that's extremely important for restoring your health. Micro Plant Powder is available in eight different formulations, and we can help you choose the one that's perfect for your lifestyle. Micro Plant Powder is 100% chemical-free, non-GMO, anti-inflammatory, gluten-free, and packaged by hand in BPA-free containers. HempUSA.org wants you to be healthy, and Micro Plant Powder is one of the best ways we know to detoxify your body from head to toe, all for about $10 a month. Take back your life and enjoy living again with Micro Plant Powder. Call 888-910-4367. That's 888-910-4367. Micro Plant Powder. Available only at HempUSA.org. There are those curious about Bitcoins and those using and making money with Bitcoins. What are Bitcoins? A Bitcoin is the first decentralized currency that can be easily transferred from person to person over the Internet. No bank needed. This means lower fees and accounts can never be frozen, limited, or closed. You are in control of your money. And the best part? You can start earning and making money with Bitcoins right away. No computer or expertise is required to earn money with Bitcoins and a growing number of merchants now accept Bitcoins. Plus, 
They're easily exchanged for dollars, euros, and more. Learn more about the easiest, cheapest, most profitable way to enter the Bitcoin market and get paid every two weeks by one of the fastest-growing Bitcoin miners in the world at cloudhashing.com. Just like it sounds, cloudhashing.com. That's cloudhashing.com. We mine your business. A little over a year ago, I began to do a lot of research into why, even though I had a pretty good-sized meal, that I was still starving. And my research led me to a well-known fact that most of the soils that we grow our crops on here in the United States and across the industrialized world are almost completely depleted of almost all of the key minerals and trace elements that our bodies need to rebuild themselves, fight off cancer, and be healthy. I then searched out the best vitamin and mineral company out there and discovered Longevity. The Longevity products are designed to give you the real nutrition you need, and once you've got that, you don't have to eat as much to be satisfied. I've lost 37 pounds in two months simply getting the vitamins and minerals I need. Check it out for yourself. It's incredible. Go to InfoWarsTeam.com today and order your first canister of Beyond Tangy Tangerine Complete Multivitamin Mineral Complex Dietary Supplement. That's InfoWarsTeam.com. This is Kurt Southern, the author of UFO Mysteries, and you're listening to the Paracast. With Gene and Chris and Micah Hanks and Scotty Roberts, so what causes all these things to be perceived? What is the fundamental cause? Chris, you had a question. Well, it's it's more of a comment, really, or an observation. I, I think that one thing that's always intrigued me about this subject is is some some fairly uh, uncanny correlations and parallels uh, especially in the indigenous uh, cultures around the world, that you do have uh, what appear to be some very s- similar uh, belief systems that have sprung up uh, that have that have uh, details uh, about star beings coming down, uh, interacting with people, uh, actually possibly manipulating uh, part of the of the genetic structure of humans. These types of correlations, I think, are very intriguing and, and indicate something, but. You know, again, I think as Micah points out, I mean, ecstatic experiences, uh, chemically induced visions, those sorts of things do also have correlations. So it's very difficult to really, you know, look at, especially in the, the, the non-oral traditions or, or the oral traditions that are not written down. It's, it's extremely difficult to really pin some of this, uh, these correlations down. But, but I do feel that there's something there. You know, the History Channel sure does. I think they're going into their seventh season now of Ancient Aliens. Uh, talk about beating a dead horse. I, I don't know how they're doing it, but uh, they're managing to come up with, with more and more angles uh, looking at this particular subject. It's very popular. I can't begin to count how many books I've seen in the last four years that have a, Ancient Alien or, or a, a derivation of that term. There's been a bunch of them, and it's uh, it's it's really... Uh, it's. It's a big subject right now out there. Of course, we have in the fiction world that long series, and there were several series based on the concept of Stargate and Stargate SG-1, which started out as a science fiction story about ancient aliens leaving this wormhole or transportation device called a Stargate and how they interacted with us in ancient times. All right, so can we assume then that if all these things are being reported through history, interpreted within the cultural conditions of the time, that when we see UFOs and think they're spaceships, it's all the same thing. 
It's all the same cause. You know, I, I think there's something to that. There, If you speak anthropologically or archaeologically, you're going to say that civilizations around the world, by virtue of, of research and study, have all developed uh, in some kind of equanimous fashion. Uh, they have all uh, had very similar stories, very similar mythologies, and so on. And uh, uh, they chalk that up to just human beings uh, developing at the same type of rate. And we develop certain kinds of mythologies and certain kinds of religions. It's all just a pattern of human development. Uh, yet, you look at some of these things. For instance, um, if you look at uh, the Noah and the Ark story in the book of Genesis, uh, there are over 600 different cultural, religious, tribal uh, stories out there, ancient stories of major flood myths related to most of them are spirit beings and visitations and interminglings with humans and some god or greater being wanting to wipe them out with a great flood. Uh, is that indicative of a singular event that took place and everybody experienced that or the stories just spread out and they kept retelling the stories? Uh, if you look at a cave wall, something Micah was mentioning a little earlier, uh, the things that, that may have been chemically induced, uh, visions and dream quests and things like that, and they record these on cave walls and paintings and carvings. Uh, being a, a, an artist and an illustrator, there are days where I sit down and I feel like it's, it's, it's awfully fun to sit down and do a, an illustrated story. Uh, and it isn't because I was chemically induced, sad to say. Uh, it, it has nothing to do with a dream or a vision. It just might have to be an idea. I want to tell a story. Uh, how do we know that some of the things that we've seen on these wall paintings that date back thousands of years aren't just the resident priest or witch doctor or uh, resident artist that, that said, I got a great story and I want to put it up here on the wall? Um, these are the things, these are the questions we have to start asking when we look at all of this is what looks like similarities. It's either stark similarities and they do all correspond to each other or it is this 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 equal development of human culture anthropologically speaking or it could just be guys drawn on cave walls but you know that also raises the question about sacred texts you know which ones i mean right right were they meant to be fables were they meant to be historical documents were they meant to be the equivalent of a science fiction novel from 2,000 years ago. That's, of course, a big argument. And how would we know if they're picked up maybe hundreds of years later and someone says, boy, we can start a religion from this, and they did that, of course, with a certain science fiction writer in modern times, and we don't want to get into Scientology at all. You, you know, on, on that point specifically, if you look at uh, the Hebrew religion and you look at... Uh, uh, and I don't want to offend anybody's sensibilities out there who's listening to this, but uh, uh, you look at Moses, a man who I believe was an historical figure. Uh, he created Judaism, in a sense, virtually out of whole cloth. You look at the book of Genesis, which is attributed to him. Look at the stories of creation, and then start comparing them to stories that existed in different cultures, the Mesopotamian cultures, 1,500 and 2,000 years earlier, and you have such stark similarities in in deity names in functions of deities in outcomes uh, uh just 
in a in a quick nutshell, you've got Elil and Enki Ia from the Mesopotamian culture, the Anunnaki, uh, creating man, primeval man, and uh, uh, the humans rebel, and one of the gods, Enki Ia, comes down and helps deliver them, and is cast into the subterranean caverns of the earth to dwell forever. You go to the Genesis story. Instead of Elil as the chief god, you now have El. Uh, the the Hebrew word for God from the Canaanite culture, who becomes Elil, uh, I'm sorry, it becomes Elohim, El Shaddai, El Elyon. You have Enki, Ia is the base word for Yahweh, which is Jehovah. Um, and with the migration of religion over that 1,500 to 2,000 years, you've got these religions incorporated. Instead of uh, the gods creating primeval men to do work for them, he you have the Genesis story. God creates man and woman and puts them in the garden to do what? To till the ground and keep it for him. And then there's rebellion and there's the serpentine connections and there's the subterranean caverns of the earth connections and the forbidden knowledge connections. And all of these things, when you look at just that story alone in human culture, uh, you say, boy, Judaism, as we know it today, Old Testament religion was really founded on something much older. And uh, uh, even the if you remember the story where Moses is at the burning bush, what does God say? You tell them, I am sent you. I am that I am. Now, what's very interesting about that phrase, and uh, the person who did the, the, uh, the, the work on this was David Roll uh, linguistically, but that I am is a play on words. It actually is a linguistic um, uh, derivation, if you will, of the name Enki. And uh, I, it's too long a detail to explain here, but in essence, what the biblical account with Moses at the burning bush says, God says, you tell them, I am that Enki they speak of. Now, all of these religions being brought together uh, by the man who created Judaism, or it's attributed to creating Judaism, this is a good picture of what I think has happened in humanity's past, is that we merge cultures, we merge religions, we merge uh, spiritualities. Uh, if, let's say, for sake of argument, Moses indeed had a burning bush epiphany, a spiritual experience, he was the only one there, the only one who saw it, the only one who wrote about it. But he used that to move him to change things. Uh, so did he have a spiritual experience? Was it a god? Was it extraterrestrial? Was it Anunnaki? Was it something else? We don't know for sure. We weren't there. But uh, in, in answer to that question, all cultures, I think, have built upon past cultures and borrow information from other cultures. And how much is original information? How much is original experience? We don't know. It's interesting, though, to look at the cultural connections and to see, is this the way humankind advances in terms of our evolution? Or, once again, was there some kind of direct physical interaction? But now we're looking at events two, three, four thousand years ago and more. And it's fine to find these stories, and it's really wonderful to look at all these things we see in the caves. And they found something, Chris, in Nevada... Just the other day, some kind of footprint or something. Makes for a lot of fascinating stories to tell. But in the end, this is the cliffhanging question. How do we get to the bottom of this to see if there is a fundamental reality behind all of it? With Gene and Chris, Micah Hanks and Scotty Roberts here in The Paracast. 
Are you tired of searching for great talk radio? Something more important. Search no more. We are the GCN Radio Network. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. If you'd like to listen to GCN programs on the go, I have great news. GCN has created a Droid and iPhone application, and it's free. Just as easy as going to GCNlive.com, click on the banner, and download. Before you know it, you'll be listening to your favorite hard-hitting GCN shows, live or on demand, right on your Droid or iPhone, 24-7 and on the go. So download the Droid and iPhone app free by clicking on the banner at GCNlive.com. Thanks again for listening to GCNlive.com. Again, that's GCNlive.com. We the people grow cotton, weave fabric, engrave ink, embed strips and fibers to protect from counterfeit and carting to a private bank having it led back at interest, forcing taxes to service debt. This capitalism or was Jefferson correct when stating a central bank issuing the public currency is a greater menace to the liberties of the people than a standing army? Ted Anderson, I'm placing a free silver dollar in a book that explains our monetary system. Call for your copy, 800-686-2237. It's time to understand the system. Call 800-686-2237. That's 800-686-2237. Can heart and body extract help with other ailments besides heart conditions, high blood pressure, clogged arteries, or unbalanced cholesterol? It did for Karen. I've been using heart and body extract for approximately two weeks. I've had an earwax buildup problem for many years, with over-the-counter stuff not working at all. I had very poor hearing due to this earwax buildup. Well, after two weeks of taking heart and body extract, my earwax buildup almost completely cleared up. Could this be the effect of better body circulation? Heart and body extract is an effective 100% organic nutritional supplement specially formulated to allow your body to heal itself. My hearing is almost completely back to normal. I'm amazed. Order by calling 866-295-5305 or online at hbextract.com. That's 866-295-5305 or hbextract.com. Heart and body extract for long and healthy life. Welcome back to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. With Gene and Chris and Scotty Roberts and Micah Hanks, a roundtable discussion as we look to the past for strange events, myth, reality, something in between. Chris, you had a comment? Yeah, I, I think Scotty, uh, you mentioned the 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 whole archetype of the the reptilian form and how that uh, the, you see correlations, uh, you know, across all the continents. Uh, the indigenous cultures here in North America talk about Palulu Kang, uh, the, you know, the subterranean serpent that holds the the earth in balance. You have the Nagas in the Tibetan Buddhist tradition. Uh, your latest book really looks at some of these cross correlations with the reptilian, um, uh, I guess would be an archetype, uh, for lack of a better term. But why don't we go into some of those correlations real quick, just to apply this, this whole idea of ancient cultures sharing very similar, I guess, their own version of some of these, uh, of the, of these subjects, especially this reptilian one. This is interesting. I have found, and you know, Micah just did a show on this uh, the other night about uh, invading reptilians or something like that, the the dominance uh, in our culture. He can speak to that, I think, a little bit. But uh, um, the reptilians, as I see them, I talk about them as being this, this uh, a pervasive presence throughout human history. You find them in almost every culture, almost every religion. Um, 
in one form or another. And uh, and you find them in, in simple things. I even went down to identifying things you find them where you don't even think about it. Of, of course, the, the medical caduceus is, is the first one we look at, the, the two serpents wrapped around the pole. Uh, but we don't think of things like even the rattlesnake on the don't tread on me colonial American flag. Uh, the, the serpent shows up in so many peculiar places uh, as a symbol of something, a symbol of strength, a symbol of power. Um, it's a symbol that represented at the same time both good and evil. Uh, you you had the Chinese dragon that was happy. He was a happy character. He was fun, fertility, and 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 uh, uh, bringing joy to its people. Never uh, a cursed thing at all. Uh, all the way down to the serpent character in the Garden of Eden in Hebrew religion and Christianity, where you find that uh, the serpent has become the epitome of evil. It's interesting when you start looking even on that point, you you start looking into Gnosticism and some of the other religions that speak to that very thing. And you will find that they start bringing in this this duality uh, in in religion, how the religion will use uh, or Judeo-Christianity has used the serpent to represent one thing when in reality it meant something else. And the duality being is that there's something completely different underneath the surface. There's a completely different subtext to all of this. Uh, uh, beings angered at with each other and fighting each other, the Elohim versus Jehovah, and things like that. It, it comes up with all different kinds of religious theories that are actually laced in the subtext of all of these things. The serpent, you find him everywhere, just, just hitting some of them lightly. You look at uh, Quetzalcoatl of uh, the Mayans, the, the feathered serpent god, and what did he do? He brought the forbidden knowledge of the gods to the humans, and he was condemned for this. Uh, you have uh, uh, Krishna in the Hindu religions who sat atop a coiled serpent beneath the banyan tree in a beautiful garden and dispensed the forbidden knowledge of the gods to the humans, and in part this played in his demise. You have this archetype repeated over and over and over again in human history uh, where the there is some dispensing of knowledge to the human race in the mythologies and in the spiritualities that is linked to some serpentine that ends up in that serpentine either causing demise or or the eradication of those delivering the knowledge and you even have this in the book of Genesis, and I'll, I'll just say this and maybe move on. Mike has got some, some good things I'm sure he can throw in here. Uh, but in the book of Genesis, right after the story of Adam and Eve and what does Eve do? She takes the fruit and eats it because the serpent character beguiles her or seduces her, as it is in Hebrew. And immediately you have a verse in Genesis 3 where it says, And Elohim the name used for God the most in the Old Testament, which is a plurality as well as a single, singular. And Elohim said, the humans have eaten of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil and become just like us. Let us, therefore, prevent them from also eating of the tree of life, lest they become like gods. And then you've got all the fallout of the Garden of Eden story. So you look at these tales if you are Judeo-Christian by faith, you're going to believe them. And you say, that's fact. If you try to step outside that box and look back in, you say, that looks like an awful lot of other mythologies out there. And they all merge at the edges. And so there's this great reptilian mythos out there that I think the modern version of that is 
the reptilian subculture. Uh, and by the way, I was chided on a radio show once by a, a caller was was one of the other hosts on their network. And he called in with just I, enraged with me because I was talking about it being mythological. And he said, you can go to the Internet and you can see thousands of pictures of, of our world leaders with reptilian eyes and shape-shifting. How dare you say it's mythology? So I just... I just <laughs> hey, that's to- it. You just proved it right there. If you look at the eyes of every world leader, even Obama, the, the, Putin, the Bushes, you look yeah. at their eyes, oh, my God. If you catch them at the right Photoshop, I mean, the right moment, you are going to see vertical irises. Of course, if you look at that TV show, V, that's oh, them. Yes. You know, people that, that claim this, uh, that, that these close-ups of uh, Hillary Clinton or, or George Bush or whatever, I mean, that's, that, those are artifacts from video compression. That's, they will claim, well, I did nothing to that video. Now, by the way, in my mockery of the things that are worthy of being mocked, don't misinterpret that as me saying there is no possibility here of the, any of this being true. I'm not talking about the photographs. I'm talking about the theories behind it, uh, that there is something that could be a, a, that, as Dr. John Ward puts it, uh, he talks about that hidden hand in human events. Uh, is there a hidden hand in human events? Is there a reptilian connection to that? or something that we've translated into the reptilian connection. For me to say it does not exist would be woefully arrogant. Um, So I I like to say uh, I cannot prove that it exists. It's intriguing to talk about how it exists, and it looks like there might be some veracity to some of this, but we don't know for sure. Well, Michael, where do you come down on on this this whole idea of this reptilian, uh, I guess, fact or correlation? You know, again, uh, I would I would come back around to the ecstatic visions and and the the DMT experiences because you know this was one of the first areas of interest that uh that I began to publish about these kinds of presences. I guess you could call them that because again, when we talk about literal interactions with actual reptilians, I think that we should probably say that. And I know a lot of listeners are aware of this, and while there is that mythological you know aspect to this. There are a lot of people out there in UFO circles who literally think that there are, uh, you know, these vile reptilian aliens that are trying to take over the world. And that, uh, you know, guys like David Icke have come out and said, uh, or Icke or Icke, I've, I've heard it pronounced both ways, but, uh, you know, that, that there are literally contingents of reptilian human hybrids among our world leaders who are trying to take over the world, which has spawned memes. And, and, and of course, we find these photoshopped images online. And then people who are actually making assertions about what you just mentioned, Chris, literal, uh, you know, I, I guess they're really digital artifacts and things that can cause a person's eye to appear strange when they blink. I had a little fun with it one time when I did a, a video interview. And at one point, I blinked in both my eyes for a moment, turned this bright silver it was because of the Skype connection, but of course, you know, I, I told everybody there, there it is. It's proof I'm, an, I'm a reptilian hybrid. Um, there is a, a <laughs> and it's very interesting because for some reason, people do tend to believe certain factions of the UFO community, especially, do tend to believe that this is one element of the ongoing interaction that we humans are having with extraterrestrials. Now, again, I don't hold that view, but I'm a lot like Kevin Randall in the sense that I also don't think that abduction is something that necessarily should be examined at all times alongside UFO research because of the parallels between what we see with abduction 
Uh, and of course, these ecstatic experiences and things where, again, you'll find that people often do make mention of seeing reptilian beings and things like that. I don't doubt that people have had what they believe are real experiences where they have encountered what they would call a reptilian. I've got to break it here. Reptilian break. Scotty Roberts, Micah Hanks with Gene and Chris. You're in the Paracast. Attack of the Rockoids has been well-received by critics and readers alike. It's a -a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Hi, this is Eric Hamburg with Midas Resources Gold and Silver. Ever wonder why billionaires like Warren Buffett, John Paulson are dumping their shares of U.S. company stocks? Do they know something we don't? No investor wants to own stocks with falling profit margins and shrinking dividends. Is it possible a 1987-style market crash is coming? Are these investors aware of a massive correction of up to 90%? Call me, Eric Hamburg at 800-686-2237, extension 120, and find out why gold and silver are the only true safe haven. With event-driven risks, such as volatility in the financial market and conflict in Syria and the Middle East, the sky is the limit for gold and silver. That's Eric Hamburg, 800-686-2237, extension 120, and I'll send you a, a brochure explaining why gold and silver are the only way to preserve your purchasing power. As a currency's value crumbles and gold being priced in dollars, metal's value will skyrocket. Rocket. Again, that's Eric Hamburg, Midas Resources, 800-686-2237, extension 120. For over five years, you've been hearing about the Berkey guy, so you may know a few things about him. For example, you are well aware of the superior quality and effectiveness of Berkey water filters and accessories. But did you know the Berkeys have had independent lab tests done to prove just how effective they are? It's true, and he can email you the test results. Just visit GoBerkey.com. You may also know that the Berkey guy has helped tens of thousands of people get better prepared. Now here's something you may not know. GoBerkey.com has amazing specials and deals all the time on a wide variety of survival and preparedness products. Most ready to ship same day. Visit the Berkey guy at GoBerkey.com and be sure to click the red Products on Sale Now button. You can always call toll-free 877-886-3653. Again, that's 877-886-3653. GoBerkey.com, home of the Berkey guy. These days, so many suffer from heartburn, stomach ulcers, and acid reflux, and most never realize it is the high acidity within the body that causes their discomfort. While selective diet choices can help, AlkaVision Plasma pH drops can really make a change. A few drops added to water can optimize your body's pH level, ridding you of harmful waste and acid, promoting health and restoring vibrance and energy. Healthy pH levels make all the difference. High acidity can also cause depression, insomnia, and irritability. 
AlkaVision Plasma pH Drops bring you vital balance that can be truly life-changing. Alkalizing boosts immune response, reduces headaches and cramping, and even helps prevent bone loss. This is simple science that helps your body do what's natural. Order your AlkaVision pH Drops for just $29.95 at AlkaVision.com, A-L-K-A-Vision.com, or call 800-518-7615. Alkalize your body, supercharge your health at AlkaVision.com. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. Reptilians. Okay. Micah Hanks, Scotty Roberts joining Gene and Chris. And, that, of course, we have that Paradigm Conference Symposium coming in October in Minneapolis, St. Paul. That's going to be fun. I think when people in terms of abduction research, or anyone looking into these mysteries, their point of view is, all right, if it's not real, if people are just dreaming about it, the stories would be all over the place. The fact that there is a consistency among, for example, abduction claims shows some kind of reality. I'll give you an example. Abduction researchers have apparently, or this is what they say, a fact. A fact is a certain component of an abduction tale that shows a consistency and a resemblance to other tales showing a similar underlying cause. But they never say what that fact is, so when it comes up, aha, that's proof that something happened. So the question is here, does consistency show reality or just part of the human psyche i like that you bring up the fact by the way uh, gene i remember ray palmer of course i believe had been the one who had begun to to talk about a fact that he uh, could uh, you know right. well i didn't want to say ray palmer because i remember that well and that's been the subject of a couple of episodes of the powercast over this year yeah absolutely so we don't have to get into ray palmer right now but but bringing it back around to abduction Again, what you point out is that people will often look at the consistency of the experience and they will say, see, there's clearly something going on here. Now, I won't deny that. I will say, however, though, that people have abduction-like experiences that sometimes occur from, you know, outside the conventional UFO close encounter. Some people have actually had what we might term an abduction experience that occurs completely outside of anything in relation to a flying saucer, a UFO, or any other kind of unidentified aircraft. Um, now, then again, there are also some object reports that obviously involve what appears to be an abduction just as well, such as the Travis Walton incident, or one of my favorites, the Pascagoula, Mississippi abduction in 1973. And so I think that you can't rule out that there is a component where people claim that they see a UFO, by definition, are taken aboard that craft and have this experience in an exotic environment with exotic-looking beings. But then maybe we should also look at some of the uh, the alternative aspects that, that can not only maybe explain aspects of that, but at least give us you know a different perspective on what underlying the abduction phenomenon could be going on. In, in the book uh, Revelations, and also to an extent in Messengers of Deception, Jacques Vallée talked about the fact that he felt that there could be subversive terrestrial technologies that could be producing essentially these kind of abduction experiences. Now, Vallée, I think he put up very interesting questions, and even if you just look at that as speculation, you have to say, and he claimed also that he had a fact to an extent, but that he couldn't produce all the information about that. 
for reasons of anonymity and things like that, for which he drew a lot of criticism at times. But I think that even if you just look at that in a speculative fashion, what Valet inspired us to do was say, okay, we know that humans exist. Could there be a human explanation behind some of the abduction reports? Even some researchers like Whitley Strieber have talked about that over the years. I don't think we can rule that out in, in terms of the, the broad-reaching UFO phenomenon. We can't always assert that there is something alien going on and the consistency of Again, the reptilian meme or archetype, we can't say that that is therefore proof that reptilians are trying to control planet Earth and abduct us and probe us and all of that sort of thing. I definitely think there's a phenomenon. I'm not sure what that is, and I don't know if it's alien. And as I suggested before, maybe we're seeing aliens because that's part of our culture. <laughs> well, you know, if, if we followed Valet's determinations, he had said again that uh, he felt that the fairy folklore of the British Isles and other world cultures from you know the past was parallel to what we perceive as the UFO phenomenon today. Now, if we all evolve, if transhumanism takes place or something like that, and we all become, uh, you know, the aliens that we perceive today, what will aliens perceive? Will they perceive humans? <laughs> Who knows? It could be very strange. <laughs> Perhaps they're wondering when we're going to visit them. Yes. <laughs> You've got some alien on some godforsaken planet and some godforsaken galaxy billions of light years from here holding up a sign saying, take me home. You know, and uh, I was going to suggest, and Micah brought it up too, the, the whole uh, notion of, uh, you think, uh, of course, of the Celtic fairies, the Irish fairy folk, the fae, and all the different, the, the, the Ben Shea and the She, all of these different entities that are there. Uh, you've got Roman Catholicism uh, in their theology will teach you that all of these types of beings were, or exist. They were the spirits that were too good for hell, but too bad for heaven back during the wars in heaven. And so Roman Catholic theology will say that they were cast to the earth and they have uh, they're they're not necessarily evil, but they're not necessarily good either. Uh, then you will have, uh, like Micah says, uh, the uh, Jacques Vallée. I don't know if he put this forward as much, but there are today there are certainly researchers and theologians that will try to align the fairy folk with the demonic and with the alien and kind of lump those all together. I've got a book here, something called Unholy Communion. Uh, written by a couple of evangelicals that talks about this very thing. And so the the theories are certainly that uh, abound out there uh, with all the different types of spirit beings that you might be just having different incarnations of the same thing. Uh, be they all aliens, all demonic, all angelic, all spirit, all something different, or all different kinds of things. We don't know. All right, yeah, so I think there's another question that we'll ask from a skeptical point of view. And that is, these are great stories to collect, and some of those things we find in caves and these artifacts are intriguing. But is there ever any way we can prove anything without this outside force making itself known if there is an independent outside force? Well, you know, Gene, that brings to mind something very important, and uh, I, I would like to tie this more to modern UFO research, because you know, Scotty and I are both very esoteric in our interests, I think that you have to look at all these areas, and this is something Chris and I in our personal conversations have talked about time and time again, uh, and something that drew me to Chris's research also, stalking the tricksters and, and books like that. You have to look at all the different varieties of phenomenon so as to perhaps better be able to understand them as individuals, and there's an art to being able to look at them individually and not allow 
your interest and your focus on other areas to necessarily contaminate. You have to be able to see parallels without allowing them to contaminate and say that there's this unity between all these things and we're all experiencing the same thing. So in the context of modern ufology, I'm very quick to point out, for instance, that we have a lot of evidence in the form of eyewitness testimonies. In fact, I put an article up on my, my website recently that talks about police officers encountering UFOs and multiple witness UFO encounters that involve police. Those are very credible and they seem to amount to something but the eyewitness, even the very, very good eyewitness encounter, has to be differentiated from the physical evidence, the hard proof, you know, the metallic slag or, you know, the, the radiation. That is something that I don't think that researchers today focus on as much as maybe they did in the past. And maybe that is because of so much speculation in the field of ufology or anything else. We're going to need absolute hard physical proof in order to actually prove something. That's why they call it proof. There may be evidence of other things, and we may be able to attain this evidence through testimony, but that alone I don't think is going to be enough to prove. And that's one of the problems we face when we look at ancient mysteries is we can't travel back in time. People are always looking for proof, you know, dig sites, ancient burial mounds, different various uh, sites throughout the ancient world that exist today. They want to find proof of interaction with intelligent beings and the like. It may be more difficult for us to find that, and I think that the only thing that we have concretely found is proof that there were intelligences here on Earth that were of a terrestrial variety that were capable of advanced things. And, of course, this is probably the source behind these pyramids and things like this. Like this, Micah Hanks, Scotty Roberts, joining Gene and Chris. You're in the Bearcast. The GCN Radio Network, providing the world with hard-hitting talk radio. GCN. Great talk radio starts here. Graphic Converter is the image manipulation tool for the rest of us. It does not use any database. You get full control of all your files. Want to view the images of a folder? Drag it into Graphic Converter, and a powerful browser opens up to show your image files. You could use it for slideshows. You could use it to import images from digital cameras or from scanners. Need to do some image editing? You can do that, too, in Graphic Converter. Also, print catalogs convert from so many formats i can't even list them download now to see if graphic converter is good for you like one and a half million other users guess what you could save money when you buy graphic converter use the coupon code night owl use the coupon code night owl to get a special price for graphic converter go to lemkesoft.com that's l-e-m-k-e soft.com lemkesoft.com l-e-m-k-e soft.com And you thought the most painful question from your child was this. Are we there yet? Questions on family trips are nothing compared to questions from real family emergencies caused by weather, natural disasters, or terrorism. I'm super hungry. What are we going to eat? Daddy, I'm scared. Why don't we have enough food? Daddy should have been better prepared. September is National Preparedness Month. Now you can be prepared. Now you should. Now you have awareness. And now you have your solution. Go to freezedryguy.com. Freeze Dry Guy will get you ready with the Family First Responders Kit. It's your emergency solution with delicious freeze-dried food, safe water, and even fire starting. Call 866-404-3663, 866-404-FOOD. Or log on to freezedryguy.com. Protect your family now with emergency preparedness and say, We're there! freezedryguy.com. 
Great news, pure water lovers. BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com has a special discount offer for all GCN listeners. You can't do better than a Big Berkey for economy. For only 1.7 cents a gallon, a single set of filters can last for 5 to 10 years. There's none better than a Big Berkey for emergency preparedness as a backup water source. And you just can't beat a Big Berkey to remove dangerous chlorine, all types of fluoride, pathogenic bacteria, cysts, parasites, and unhealthy byproducts from municipal water. Berkey water filter systems are even powerful enough to purify stagnant pond water. For the gold standard in water filters, get a Big Berkey at BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com. And all GCN listeners get 5% off all ceramic filter systems. For details, call 1-877-99-BERKEY. That's 877-99-BERKEY. Big Berkey Water Filters, for the love of clean water. Ceramic Body Armor is rated to stop six hits. But what about the seventh? Unlike Ceramic or Kevlar, Infidel Body Armor is proven to take hit after hit, and it just won't quit. Reasonably priced and designed for the smart civilian prepper, Infidel stops hundreds of hits from small arms to high-powered rifles. That means safety and peace of mind. Buy yours at InfidelBodyArmor.com. Spelled I-N-F-I-D-E-L BodyArmor.com. Infidel Body Armor just won't quit. Can you pluck a chicken in about 90 seconds? You can with Power Plucker. Plucking by hand is a chore, but the Power Plucker makes it fast and easy. Simply chuck Power Plucker into your power drill and watch those feathers fly off. Save time and money with our complete home processing kits, too. For free USA shipping and 10% discount, go to PowerPlucker.com and enter promo code RADIO. PowerPlucker.com, the only drill-powered poultry plucker. This is Jerome Clark, author of the UFO Encyclopedia and other books. You're listening to the Paracast. So we look at this, the possible interaction with advanced ancients who were of this earth. And I know... Briefly, with our conversation with Walter Bosley last week, we were talking about possible breakaway civilizations, and that's also indicated by the book by the late Mac Tonys, the crypto-terrestrials, by discussions of Deros, Tiros, whatever, that at one time we did have this breakaway civilization that exists unto itself, has its own advancements, and occasionally we see them in the way of UFOs. The theory that maybe our governments know of them but choose not to intervene because they have no choice, and therefore they have this uneasy truce. We don't know. You know, it's it's interesting when we when we look at that, especially in relation to something I'm sure your listenership is is well acquainted with, and that is the idea of a Nazi UFO mythos. You know, earlier this year, uh, Chris and I caught up with Rich Dolan, and, and uh, throughout the weekend at the International UFO Congress, Rich and I brought that subject up a few times. The breakaway civilization component is interesting to me because there are a lot of ways that people could look at that. Uh, For instance, one theory uh, that that some researchers have put forth is that maybe aspects of what we call the UFO phenomenon could actually stem from an ancient civilization uh, that emanated here on Earth and that broke away and that they have continued to have interactions with planet Earth throughout. And, And, of course, you know, I guess this gets into kind of an eschatological discussion because the theory would also incorporate that throughout the ages there have been cataclysmic events that have occurred on planet earth erased notions of the ancient 
terrestrial technologies that existed here. We think that we're the first ones to have achieved this state, and yet we are met with a presence that appears to extend far beyond that. Now, that gets almost into the realm of more what I would call science fiction. Again, it's very difficult to prove that our UFO companions, whatever these things are, and I do think that there are tangible physical UFO craft interacting with us here on planet Earth, uh, I don't know that we can assert with certainty that they were terrestrial once, that they left and that they've come back and that they were here before we were and managed to escape before whatever great cataclysm preceded our civilization. But that is a theory that people have put forth. I think a more likely and more plausible approach would be that if indeed there were high, uh, extremely highly uh, uh, you know, covert and sensitive uh, projects that were taking place during the war years, specifically maybe some that were being carried out by the Nazis, if these technologies were either carried out in secret and then moved secretly after the war or toward the end of the war, or if they were captured by the Allies and they have been utilized in black budget programs and black ops programs and things that have maintained a level of secrecy over the last several decades following the Second World War. To me, if there is a component that is indeed a an aspect of human civilization that exists and even operates apart from what we know as civilization and technology today on planet Earth, that seems more plausible to me, and which it essentially entails the same concept, that there could be an advanced technology that could literally exist here on Earth, but that could operate so apart from what most of us know on a conventional level that we perceive it as being something alien or exotic. It certainly would be exotic to most people. Um, and, and to me, I think that that's something that has to be taken seriously uh, with, uh, with considerations of what the UFO phenomenon may be, because we have to acknowledge there being some sort of a physical presence uh, to this. I don't know that it's aliens. I'm not saying it's aliens, <laughs> but I think that there are UFOs. And so that breakaway civilization component is something that really should probably get a lot more attention. I'm kind of amazed that more people gravitate toward the alien theory when, again, there seems to be a lot of plausible evidence that points to there being terrestrial technologies that have been kept highly covert for the last several decades. But, you know, that theory tends to be given less credence in the possibility that E.T. lives you know, a hundred light years away, that they live in our own backyard, in caves, you know, in the caverns underneath the earth or within the hollow earth, if we want to get to that theory. And Ray Palmer, by the way, to mention him again, had a theory about the hollow earth once upon a time, but that goes back to even the early works of fact writers and fiction writers such as Edgar Rice Burroughs. Oh, absolutely. And again, I think Kind of tying this in with, with, with where Scotty comes from this and, and his perspectives, what we often see is that there's a mythological component to a lot of it. And we see that uh, I think very much in the modern sense, UFO phenomenon has been directly influenced by science fiction and fiction literature. And I think that in the same way, people can look at ancient mysteries and they can look at the mythic traditions of ancient cultures. Scotty, I want, to, I want you to actually elaborate on this, but I'll just... All right. Uh, I'll stop it saying that mythic traditions, I think, are obviously mythological. They may have some basis and some root in fact, but that I think that what we perceive as being the truth about the ancient world, you know, the ancient astronaut theories and all this, they're directly influenced by mythology, just like our modern UFO phenomenon at times. Not to say there isn't a real phenomenon, but it is definitely influenced by the fiction of the day. Well, uh, a good uh, case in point in more modern history, if you will, World War II. Look at the mythology, if you will, the science fiction, the fictional writing that has risen up around some of the nutty stuff that Adolf Hitler did and looked for. Uh, you were talking about the Hollow Earth a minute ago. Think of uh, um, uh, Bulwer-Lytton. Uh, 
uh, back in the uh, 1870s, wrote what is considered to be the first science fiction novel. And it was uh, on, uh, I can't remember the title, but they this underground civilization, like an Atlantis type of civilization, only underground, discovered by a couple of hikers uh, who went down in spelunking in caves. And uh, their whole culture operated off of an energy source called Vril. And uh, this was an angelic source, a, a some kind of miraculous uh, a substance. And what did Hitler up and go do? During uh, the, the the years just prior to World War II, they went looking for this stuff, and they sent expeditions out down to the South Pole looking for the entrance to the underworld, looking for Vril. Just take that fact alone and look at the mythology that's risen up around the Third Reich and the Third Reich's interest in the occult and in all these different types. of Look at all the stories that have risen out of all the movies, everything you can think of. Now, that is a good example of what happened in ancient culture where we didn't have mass media like we have today and developing mass media over the last 70 years but what they did have was they had that word of mouth that oral tradition that would pass on tradition from one set of people to another it wouldn't even have to necessarily be different cultures it could be just different city states different city groups different tribal cultures living and then on to of course neighboring cultures so the idea that all mythology has as its source point some nugget or kernel of truth is, I think, uh, one of the most uh, uh, one of the most superlative uh, 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 little nuggets of information that we have uh, uh, or notions that we have is that all mythology has its source point somewhere in truth and or fact. But we can't have a team of crack investigators find the kernel of truth and separate the, the fact problem. from fiction. That's the problem. Uh, did Hitler find Vril? I don't think so. Uh, so we look for these things that we think we have really solid. Now, now Micah uh, addressed something uh, uh, very uh, uh, congruent with uh, this conversation, talking about uh, the very real possibility that people have had physical visitation. What do you do with that when you try to link it to the mythology? Does that make the mythology, does that suddenly expand the mythology into a more factual theory? Does it do away with the mythology and say it's something completely different? Uh, it, it, it's like if you had that one little tidbit of information that made something so, um, it, it cracks the whole thing wide open. I, I have to use a, a biblical example again. That's my, my old training, of course, but uh, my schooling and education. But um, for, for centuries, it was thought that Jesus was a myth. The events around him were mythological or legendary, uh, whichever way you want to look at it. And uh, the man Pontius Pilate, the governor, the Roman governor of Judea, was thought to be a myth, part of the Jesus myth. And there was because there was no real solid evidence that he existed, although there were lots of documents out there, there was nothing officially Roman. And it wasn't until 1964 in Caesarea Philippi on the north shore of the Sea of Galilee, where the uh, Roman uh, procurator had his seat of government in Judea in the first century, that they found a gymnasium uh, dating back to the first century A.D. Uh, and a cornerstone that, that read Praefectus Pontius Pilatus dedicating this uh, gymnasium to Tiberius Caesar. All right, that's intriguing enough. Isn't it? Micah Hanks, Scott Allen Roberts with Gene and Chris. You're in the Paracast. America's number one source for independent talk radio for over a decade. We are 
The GCN Radio Network. Whether it's personal mail, whether it's business email, you want reliable, dependable delivery, freedom from spam, freedom from viruses. Well, Polaris Mail offers professional email hosting services for your personal or small business use. Each account uses 25 gigabytes of storage, an easy-to-use webmail interface, and full mobile sync. Sign up today for a 30-day free trial at PolarisMail.com, PolarisMail.com. So here's what happened. I was placing an order online. The site went down. It just stopped responding. It took hours before it returned, but I'd already placed the order with another company. If your site goes down, you could lose business. And if you have a business or personal site, you'll want to know it's easy to run and it will stay online. At iWeb, your site is hosted on one of the most reliable networks in the world. Check it out. iWeb.com. That's iWeb.com. Big business has discovered the preparedness market, and that makes it difficult to know where to go and who to trust. MyPatriotSupply.com is owned and operated by patriots just like you. Has the best prices on storable food, non-GMO seeds, water filtration devices, home canning equipment, survival and self-reliance books, and more. MyPatriotSupply.com has old-fashioned values and the absolute best customer service in the industry. Look for the deal of the day, unique affordable survival. Survival supplies that fit anyone's budget. Get same day shipping on all orders and free shipping on orders over $49. Call 866 229 0927. 866 229 0927. Or visit mypatriotsupply.com for emergency preparedness, self reliance, and food independence. Shop with a name you know and a name you can trust. Before it's time to survive, it's time to prepare. Mypatriotsupply.com. There's a huge and hushed up conspiracy going on that's about to turn your lives upside down in the coming few months. Unbelievably, the media are keeping quiet about this. I'm sure they know it, but they probably know that revealing it on TV will generate mass hysteria and chaos. But I believe you should be informed about it, because when the sinister agenda is finally accomplished and everything unravels, only those who know this secret info will survive and thrive. Go to 123conspiracy.com right now to see the truth. The video at 123conspiracy.com reveals the real secret reason why Obama is after your guns and ammo. And it's not just in response to mass murders of preparing for war. It's something much darker. Go watch the video now at 123conspiracy.com before they shut it down. Again, that's 123conspiracy.com. Hey, everybody, Jason Lewis here with another great idea from JasonLewisTeam.com. Now, how would you like an energy drink that's actually good for you? That's right, one that not only gives you an afternoon pick-me-up, but that's loaded with the most important antioxidants for reducing the damage from stress. It's called Pollen Burst, and it's a natural burst of energy that lasts for hours. Now, most energy drinks rely on a massive dose of caffeine, sugar, or even vitamin B. Pollen Burst takes a more balanced approach, and that's why I like it. I also love the fact that Pollen Burst has plenty of vitamin D and green tea extract. 
This is the best energy drink I've ever tried. So trust me, you'll not only like it better than the others, you'll love the way it's individually packaged for freshness as well. They've got these on-the-go stick packs. They're great. Pollen Burst. It's available at jasonlewisteam.com or simply call 1-855-310-TEAM. For a natural burst of energy, it's Pollen Burst at jasonlewisteam.com or 1-855-310-TEAM. Hello, this is Rosemary Ellen Guiley, and you're listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. Okay, we now have Chris has now become a crypto terrestrial. <laughs> That's his crypto terrestrial voice that he's been perfecting for many months. You know, if you're busy writing 24-7 a book on cattle mutilations, you got to feel mutilated, right, Chris? Uh, well, it's thousands of pounds of potential physical evidence. So, um, you know, I, I don't think we should discount the subject. Uh, I think it's very important. It may tie into the ancient uh, practice of, of animal sacrifice, which is one of the... Um, the threads of uh, inquiry and research that I, I really dive into in this book that there could possibly be connection all the way back, you know, thousands of years to sacrificing animals to the gods. Let's get back to our discussion with Scott and with Micah. Guys, the thing that we had covered towards the beginning here, let's kind of move on from there. And that is, all right, if E.T. really visited us or if there was a breakaway civilization and we get back to the story, how do we find proof? I would think if there is another civilization here, how could they hide themselves from us? Well, there are a number of ways, though, that that could happen. I mean, in truth, we have to take into consideration, and I'll often point this out, again, when it comes to modern present day, let's even take it outside ufology, and let's look at the search for extraterrestrial life. Now, we're intelligence, if we want to you know, evoke SETI. Uh, a lot of ufologists, a lot of scientists outside ufology are, are critical of SETI, uh, and rightly so, and that's all kind of an old argument, but I think that the point is is that, very simply, we can say when we're looking for aliens, most scientists today are not looking for aliens, they're looking for humans, because we're looking for aliens that will con- literally cave to all the typical uh, associations we make with life based on, or I should say more specifically, intelligent life, based on what we know humans to be. And so we look for aliens that are going to operate similar to humans, that are going to have similar values, a similar mode of intelligence, or maybe even let's take it outside that and say a similar mode of consciousness. What are, how are we to know that intelligence elsewhere in the universe will even take on a, what we would recognize as being a physical form? Uh, how do we know that consciousness is, is always the same and that it always manifests in the exact same ways uh, on a universal scale? I think that if it comes to recognizing an intelligence in our midst, we have to be aware of the fact that there may be other kinds and other modes of intelligence. Maybe that on an evolutionary scale, humankind has not yet evolved to a point of being able to recognize as being intelligence. They could well exceed our capabilities, and they could be right in our midst, and we wouldn't even recognize them. Now, that is speculative. But you know, you- but you raise a point there. And it was considered in a sci-fi film, Contact, based on the Carl Sagan novel, where Jodie Foster plays this young astronomer who meets up with E.T., But E.T. says to her, I'm coming here in the form of your late father 
because you could not accept the way I really look. And then we have to look at the limitations of our search for so-called M-type planets, planets in other solar systems that could harbor life as we know it. But we don't always consider what about life that is not as we know it. Can we consider that outside of Star Trek, of course? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Or SETI, uh, assuming that the alien civilizations out there, or intelligent civilizations, uh, have radio broadcasts. I mean, that to me is, is it's, it's so ludicrous to limit yourself uh, and your thinking by thinking that that, that particular uh, bandwidth is going to be producing any sort of evidence. Uh, yeah. That's of course, point. therefore, they're going to look at the sacred documents that you saw in the film Galaxy Quest where this was kind of a satire, really great satire, of Star Trek. And it was all about this TV show that aliens saw and assumed this TV show, which was kind of a Star Trek type of show, was really a sacred document, an historical document, and they based an entire civilization on this historical document. And that was the biggest joke of all, and I'm sure the people who wrote that were smart enough to realize this. Oh, certainly. You know, another thing, too, that that reminds me of, Gene, is the fact that uh, we have to, I think humans have a natural potential to want to think that they have access to inside information. Now, what is interesting is that I often find that in UFO circles, uh, or if you want to go outside that and say even just the esoteric and the strange and the unexplained research, uh, people do tend to have colleagues, I know I have a number of them, who won't go on record and say things, but they will tell me things, academic professors and people who I find to be very credible, but they realize they'll lose their tenure if they talk publicly about things. And so they're very forthcoming with me about things that they have observed and information that they may have. I, I, I less often see people who brand themselves as skeptical debunkers uh, having access to those kind of people. They don't seem to be as inviting of that kind of information. And so I, I would point that out peripherally. But But coming around to the idea of people generally just kind of wanting to have access to information, whether or not skeptics or quote-unquote researchers or believers have a greater degree of access than the other. I think everybody really kind of at the end of the day wants to feel like they have something that everyone else doesn't have access to. And so maybe to an extent, part of our fascination with trying to understand today stems to the ancient past and people, some very credible researchers, uh, and not to say that it's wrong that they do this, but they may be drawn to the ancient past and to some of the mysteries of the past because they feel that the mysteries that are presented with ancient times point to a greater reality that can help us come to terms with and resolve issues that we see today. And they look at that as that same sort of a source of an inexplicable inside intelligence that most people are going to completely overlook, which in truth bears the truth and the promise of what we're supposed to be able to learn tomorrow. I think that it really kind of comes around to that and that everyone wants to be able to have access to something that other people aren't paying attention to. Now, the question is, is that a good source of information, whether it be from the ancient past or, as we see with these singularity people today, uh, they look to the future and think that all the answers are going to be in 20 years. Ray Kurzweil and people say we're all going to be you know, uploading our brains into machines and things like that. I don't know that that's any more of a, of a valid source of information or expectation than looking to the ancient past for mysteries and resolution for what we're dealing with right here in the, in the here and now. We're not going to be uploading our brains into machines? I'm not saying that. I'm just saying maybe we haven't gotten there yet. <laughs> or maybe we don't want to get there, but it's a way to preserve your life. <laughs> you know, the singularity thing, i got to point this out, too. Uh, and I know last time I came on this show, I was talking about my book, The UFO Singularity. I'm happy to look at UFO phenomenon parallel with the uh, the singularity movement. I also will acknowledge that I'm, I'm very agnostic about singularity. 
And furthermore, I, I'm already seeing, and maybe you guys have noticed this too, there is a bit of a wish fulfillment aspect to it. I see very religious kind of uh, overtones beginning to appear in the singularity um, mythos, and I'll call it a mythos because, again, people are talking about they want to live forever, and this is how we're going to preserve our bodies for all time, bring the dead back to the living. You know, we're going to make all these, you know, incredible advancements that will solve all the problems of hunger and all the problems of scarcity that we deal with economically and otherwise today on planet Earth. I think maybe in the future we will utilize technology that does all these kinds of things, but there is definitely an almost religious overtone beginning to appear with singularity, and I'm very cautious of that because, again, as soon as people start overriding intelligence and logic and they start literally holding on to belief and presumption, that, that can become a little scary. I'm beginning to see some of that in the singularity circles. Scott, you have a comment yes, about this? I do. And I was waiting to see if somebody else was going to jump in there about the singularity. I don't speak to the singularity as, as well as Micah does. Uh, I actually sit at his feet and absorb what he has to say about that. Uh, but my my take on this is one of whether or not, and, and Micah and I have talked about this many times, and that is this, this idea of being skeptical versus being not skeptical, being religious or faithful versus being scientific or, or agnostic, as Micah said. Uh, there is, there's an approach you sometimes have to take where you have to say, I have to be agnostic in this. I have to remove myself from the box in order to view it as objectively as possible without tainting it with what uh, my particular viewpoint or belief might be. Um, I like to say, uh, uh, to me, skepticism, with a there, there, there's two different kinds of skeptics. And, and Micah, don't roll your eyes. We talk about this so much. But uh, um, I believe there's two different types of skeptics. There's the big S skeptic and the little S skeptic. And the big S, capital S skeptic, is the skeptic who uh, uh, is out there that is really, to me, more of a cynic than anything. Um, it's, it's, I cannot accept that. The, the, the pet answer for everything is, no, it isn't. No, it doesn't. And to me, that's not skepticism. That's denialism. That's, that's cynicism. Uh, the small S skeptic, on the other hand, is the skeptic that will say, um, I don't know that that is true. I have to approach this from an agnostic position. And uh, I would, if I cannot join you on trying to prove the facts here, perhaps you can show me the evidence of that. I want to know. It's almost like the, uh, sorry to use the, the pop cultural reference, the, the Fox Mulder poster. I want to believe. Um, there's a certain aspect in all of this. That I want to believe these things are so. We've got Scotty Roberts and Micah Hanks with Gene and Chris. You're in the Paracast. Are you tired of searching for great talk radio? Something more important. Search no more. We are the GCN Radio Network. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. If you'd like to listen to GCN programs on the go, I have great news. GCN has created a Droid and iPhone application, and it's free. Just as easy as going to GCNlive.com, click on the banner and download. Before you know it, you'll be listening to your favorite hard-hitting GCN shows, live or on demand, right on your Droid or iPhone, 24-7 and on the go. So download the Droid and iPhone app free by clicking on the banner at GCNlive.com. Thanks again for listening to GCNlive.com. Again, that's GCNlive.com. Hi, this 
this is Ted Anderson. Have you ever wondered why banks, stockbrokers, investment advisors won't talk about gold IRAs? They've been available since 1986, yet the financial industry won't recognize the value of gold for your retirement. Gold has outperformed paper investments, yet no word about IRAs. If you would like to have gold for your retirement, call 800-686-2237. Don't get left behind by rising inflation and low returns. Call 800-686-2237. Secure your future and call 1-800-686-2237. For centuries, silver has been used as a powerful natural antibiotic. And as a listener to this station, you probably already know the benefits of using colloidal silver. With so many websites to choose from, finding a reputable patriotic company with great products at affordable prices can be a difficult task. Introducing UtopiaSilver.com. UtopiaSilver.com carries the best, most effective, and most affordable colloidal silver and colloidal gold products in the industry. UtopiaSilver.com also carries products to your lifestyle, including weight loss, immune system defense, cleanses, herbs, joint and bone care, and much more. First-time customers using promo code GCN50 will receive 50% off all colloidal products. Visit us today at Utopia Silver, that's U-T-O-P-I-A Silver, utopiasilver.com, or call 888-213-4338. That's 888-213-4338, utopiasilver.com, taking back America's health care one American at a time. Welcome back to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. The crypto-terrestrial version of Chris is not here anymore. We have Micah Hanks and Scotty Roberts. I want to believe. You do? I don't know if I want to believe. I just want to know what the truth is. No, you don't. I don't? (laughs) No. No, it's not. I like that, Scotty. That's a really <laughs> a excellent, excellent definition. Big S versus small S skeptic. Uh, it's it's wonderful. We have uh, some posters at the Paracast that uh, fall into those cat- categories. Uh, <laughs> yes, oh. they do. And I think that's that's been my experience. And so, sorry, Micah. Uh, that's okay. uh, that, that's just been my experience when I see uh, skepticism at play. And by the way, the same skeptics that will. Uh, denounce guys like you, Chris, and Micah, and everybody here that, that's that's written books and put out books. Oh, you're just doing that to make money off of an idea by duping people with false information. How, however, yeah. uh, that this, this you don't see much different from the skeptical side either, do you? They throw yeah, their yeah. conferences and write their books and and halt rake their dough. And I I happen to see uh, Michael Shermer on a, a Larry King. Uh, an older recording where they had, I think they had uh, some of the Apollo astronauts and some uh, a bunch of other paranormal guys on there. There's like 12 guys on the show. And, and that was where I said, this is where the big S and small S skeptic came from, because I watched Michael Shermer on that show and he didn't say much of substance to anything. His response was always uh, he'd lean into his mic and say, uh, no, it isn't. And that was about it. And uh, to me, that is not a cogent answer to any question of anything that might have uh, some kind of esoteric quality to it i think what that also begins to show is that there is very much an ideological component to skepticism you know and and there are a lot of skeptical writers that i read and that i follow one of them is sharon hill and she'd written the other day a critique where she said that paranormal believers tend less 
to go and read skeptical reviews of phenomena that you know people who follow the unexplained would go and read. They may go read at their favorite paranormal website about something or in their favorite book by their favorite paranormal author, but they're not going to go and look at a skeptical perspective of that. Well, quite the contrary, I do. I read it from both sides. And uh, as a matter of fact, I'm holding in my hands right now a copy of The Skeptic's Dictionary by Robert Todd Carroll. I bought this book because I try to do what maybe a lot of other researchers don't, and I, I do try and take it for both sides. And what I find uh, Mr. Carroll has to say about UFOs, I could not disagree with more because I think that fundamentally what we see is that when a person is trying to create a, and I just use UFOs as an example, but when they try to create a logical argument against something, but they are predisposed toward disbelief, you will see that they will interpret information in a way that differs from maybe what the facts are actually putting forth. For instance, what Mr. Carroll says in his book and on his website, which I believe is skeptic.org or .com, but uh, Mr. Carroll says that UFOs, for instance, were disproven when the Condon Committee had already deemed, and he says, for some reason, believers today can't seem to accept that the Condon Committee and other scientists since have said flatly, there's no scientific merit to the further study of UFOs. Now, while that is a true statement, and of course, it's been argued by ufologists for years at that point, and whether that is a, a, a fair assessment. I think that what Carroll does with that is he uses that to prop up his argument and says, see, scientific establishments have said there's no reason to continue studying UFOs. He, he fails to address the fact that even the Condon Committee said, while there are some UFO reports that remain unexplained. And furthermore, taking it completely out of context, I think, as Carroll has done, he misses also that the Condon Committee was saying that while there may be instances where there are valid unexplained phenomena, we cannot justify essentially wasting resources on studying UFOs. Now, I disagree with that, but nonetheless, I think that that is what the Condon Committee had determined. And yes, they were obviously dismissive toward the UFO subject. Then, of course, the Ministry of Defense and their UFO files essentially you know, show that there was a similar determination made that, well, maybe there's something going on, but we can't keep wasting resources and time chasing this phenomenon that is always one step ahead of us. And, of course, there's a tendency to be skeptical toward most reports, but there is a minority of instances, I think, in both cases, whether it be Blue Book, whether it be the Ministry of Defense research into UFOs, uh, where we begin to see that, yes, there were some instances that remain unexplained. We don't see that as proof of anything maybe in particular, but it is nonetheless evidence of something. When we see skeptics using an ideological standpoint against UFOs and using those kinds of sources as proof that the scientific community renounces all UFO reports, that's not exactly what's being said, and it reveals to me that there is a very strong ideological component to the skeptic versus believer argument, and a person who wants to believe whether disbelief or actual belief, well, despite their position, they can make an argument to support that position. Yeah, and I, I couldn't agree more, Mike. I think that's a really important point. And it's one that I've been making for years uh, here on the show. And that is, mm -hmm. you can't accept somebody's opinion at face value. You have to do your own research. You have to make up your own mind and, and become educated about the subject. When you talk about con the Condon Report, or in the case of uh, the cattle mutilation, debunking basically the uh, Kenneth Rommel report. Both yeah. of these men went into their investigative uh, process with their minds made up, and they basically made statements, both of them, prior to the actual studies being conducted, that they were going to put an end to all this. They were going to find out that this is, they already obviously had a foregone conclusions, which they then set about uh, putting their best case forward. But as you, I think, very insightfully have pointed out, the skeptics conveniently forget and uh, fail to mention or, or are very selective in, in leaving out the fact that there is a true mystery that 
at least deserves to be studied. Maybe, maybe government funding in their eyes isn't the way to go. But um, I, I think this this selective this selectivity that you see uh, in the skeptical community uh, does itself a disservice because um, I think it pushes the conversation. It, it polarizes the conversation too much. I think everyone has a an obligation to be skeptical and and not dive into this true believer mindset of well this makes sense to me uh you know it it rings uh, true to me so therefore it must be real and I'll believe it I think we all owe it to ourselves to become as up to speed and and do the research and really come up with you know I think an intelligent uh conclusion in our own minds instead of just you know lock stock belief or lock lock stock disbelief one thing here chris and this is going back to the years of project blue book the air force's excuse was well if we had more information on those unexplained which were over 20 percent at the time if we had more information we could come to a conclusion but they also had a separate category for insufficient data so if you feel that it's lacking information stick it in the other category don't present that as an excuse not to investigate oh yeah absolutely and you know again I think that something else that people often overlook today, again, in relation to UFOs, is the fact that, yeah, there were categories back then for things that could not be explained. Now, by definition, an unidentified flying object entails something that is an object apparently of, it may not always be of technological origin because we can you know, make exceptions for things like ball lightning and other atmospheric phenomena. But a lot of people say, well, are there government organizations that still look into that and that they're open about that? You know, I've got a, a book that is just about to come out called The Ghost Rockets, uh, in which I mention what is called the Aviation Safety Reporting System, which is actually maintained. It's a database maintained online, open, available to the public, maintained by NASA. There's so much uh, jargon in a lot of the reports that are collected. What I'd gone into the book uh, or into the, the, the database looking for, along with an associate of mine, was we were trying to find reports of what appeared to be torpedoes, missiles, rockets, projectiles, and things like that. We certainly found a number of them, which I detail in the book. But what's interesting, too, is that with the jargon that's present in, the, in a lot of the reports, and me not being, of course, a trained aviation professional, I decided to go and download the key from their website that makes the, uh, it, I guess, translates, if you will, the various different kinds of terms, designations, acronyms, and things like that that are utilized. And they're among the list of different acronyms that are utilized in the reports for sake of brevity. You find UFO. And the reason why is because pilots do see unidentified flying objects. And the Aviation Safety Reporting System actually documents a number of those anonymous reports, but nonetheless reports by experienced pilots where they have seen unidentifiable craft, some of which we mention in the book. So, again, it's it's a fascinating thing to me. But, yes, I think that government still looks for and, and has to classify certain things as unknown because pilots do see things that are unknown. Blue Book, they were doing it then. And, of course, NASA, if you want to consider RS a part of NASA, and it is, uh, they're still doing that to an extent today because people see things they can't explain. We have to explain this, and you'll find out why in a moment. We have Scotty Roberts, Micah Hanks with Gene and Chris. You're in The Paracast. Neighbors, are you tired of dealing with a slow web hosting provider? Well, check out A2 Hosting and their screaming fast Swift server platform. They even have SSDs that load pages 300% faster than the competition. Ready to give your site a speed boost? Well, 
Tell you what, neighbors, head on over to a2hosting.com. That's A2, that's number two, a2hosting.com. Check out their Prime Hosting account. And get this, neighbors, they're even giving you an exclusive 25% off discount for all our listeners. 25%. And remember, their Guru Crew support team is standing by 24-7, 365 days a year to answer any of your questions. Now, to get the discount, use the coupon code GENE when you check out. Jim Newcomer from Minus Resources, August 27th, 2013. Gold opened this morning at 1418.90. A one-ounce gold coin can be purchased for 1469.71, 734.85 for a half ounce, or 367.43 for a quarter ounce. That's 1469.71, 734.85, and 367.43. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. Have you ever wondered why banks, stockbrokers, investment advisors won't talk about gold IRAs? Wait a sec. Gold and silver is going up while Congress is trying to settle on the next debt increase. And there's no end to this madness. That old 401k and IRA can be converted into physical gold without tax consequences. I explain this in my book, 10 Reasons to Buy Gold. Don't let time slip away. Call for your free copy today, 800-686-2237. Get away from that Washington spin and get honest answers about gold. 800-686-2237. The book is free, 800-686-2237. There are those curious about Bitcoins and those using and making money with Bitcoins. What are Bitcoins? A Bitcoin is the first decentralized currency that can be easily transferred from person to person over the Internet. No bank needed. This means lower fees and accounts can never be frozen, limited, or closed. You are in control of your money. And the best part? You can start earning and making money with Bitcoins right away. No computer or expertise is required to earn money with Bitcoins and a growing number of merchants now accept Bitcoins. Plus, they're easily exchanged for dollars, euros, and more. Learn more about the easiest, cheapest, most profitable way to enter the Bitcoin market and get paid every two weeks by one of the fastest-growing Bitcoin miners in the world at cloudhashing.com. Just like it sounds, cloudhashing.com. That's cloudhashing.com. We mine your business. Hi there. My name is Frank Bates. What I'm about to tell you in the next 60 seconds could get me in a lot of trouble. I just created a free video presentation at 123coverup.com that exposes the electricity monopolies and government agencies for what they really are, incompetent, lying crooks that are counting on your ignorance and fear to keep your power bills criminally high. Some have called this a conspiracy. Others have called it a cover-up, and you will be shocked to find out how deep the conspiracy goes. My video at 123coverup.com exposes the truth and shows you the secret of how I beat them and how you can beat them too. Watch the controversial video that thousands of other smart patriots have already seen in the last three months. Go to 123coverup.com and discover one weird trick to slash your power bill and protect your home. Go watch my video now at 123coverup.com before they force me to shut it down. Again, that's 123coverup.com. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com.
With Gene and Chris on the PowerCast, we have Micah Hanks and we have Scotty Roberts, both written some fascinating, fascinating books. So, for example, one of the latest titles from Scott Allen Roberts is The Secret History of the Reptilians, with all sorts of subtitles there. And the one that Micah has written most recently, The UFO Singularity, with, again, a very, very long subtitle. Both are involved in the second annual Paradigm Symposium to be held October 2013. I mentioned the year in case you're listening to this episode a few years hence, as they do in the Minneapolis-St. Paul, Minnesota area before the real cold weather hits. It's not going to happen with 30 below. It's going to be in October when the weather is pretty much beautiful, isn't it, guys? It's gorgeous up here. That is peak fall color season up here. In fact, it was hot last year. You know, Scotty, I came up and was... We were hanging out in Scotty's garage, doing all the maddening planning, you know, to calling all the producers, all the speakers, all the different people, you know, booking flights for people. And here we had, I, I had been concerned because I'd never traveled up north uh, to that part of the, the, the country before. I was concerned about the weather being cold and it was like summertime out there. But with this beautiful fall color, it was absolutely beautiful. I know it will be again this year. Yeah, it'll be amazing. So, and if we don't and have an early blizzard. meet Scotty finally, and, and also uh, Nick Redfern, who I've never actually met face to face and had a chance to pick his brain. You know, in person. you know, that's the beauty of a symposium like this is that I just had somebody ask me just the other day, uh, "Are you going to be broadcasting this on Skype?" And uh, I said, "Absolutely not." I said, uh, with the technology we have nowadays, yeah, it's great to get a two-dimensional image of somebody and hear them speak, and you can put it on pause so you can go get a drink. Uh, I said, there's nothing, however, like, and I liken this to sitting at the feet of Socrates. If you have the opportunity to go sit at the feet of a great philosopher out of history, would you choose to go sit at their feet and listen, or would you choose to watch them on YouTube? For me, it's there's nothing like live. There's nothing like the face-to-face, looking into the eyes, hearing what they have to say. Now, maybe you don't know everybody that's on our speaker roster, or maybe you're, you don't want to hear everybody that's on our speaker roster. You're interested in one or two of the speakers there. Uh, that doesn't matter. Sitting there beneath these people and listening to them speak is, uh, and, and by beneath, I, I mean uh, figuratively, not uh, philosophically. Uh, you're sitting at their feet listening to them talk. Uh, that is the best way to experience this kind of thing. I would agree with you. Of course, there's some people who, for many reasons, just can't attend. Oh, absolutely. Now, we're going to be uh, filming this event as well. And so after the fact, there will certainly be uh, DVDs that are going to be made available. You know, again, that's a secondary uh, means to be able to experience this. But if you if you speak with anybody who was at Paradigm Symposium last year, I think what you're going to find is is it was the the intensity of engaging in like-minded seeking, uh, for lack of a better way to put that. People who were there experienced being there with others that wanted to learn the same things or hear the same things, or that even had their beliefs challenged to a certain point. Uh, we even had some skeptics there. We had... Uh, Bob from, uh, and I can't pronounce his last name, Blaskowitz, I think is it. Yes, uh, from the the, uh, the Skeptical Inquirer. And uh, he came and uh, was skeptical. And uh, he asked some skeptical questions. Go figure. But uh, he wants to be back this year. He thoroughly enjoyed the spirit of, of people there. And he said, you know what? I got a different view of the way some of you people think. And uh, you're not all wacky people. <laughs> uh-huh. 
We have to hey, ask this question, guys. It's going to be a lot of fun. Huh? What, guys, what does it cost to attend? The cost. Okay. I was taking a long inhale, wondering if Mike was going to jump in there and, and give us a, an esoteric answer on that. I, I love listening to Micah, by the way. So you, don't take, you don't take Bitcoin, then? Uh, no, we don't take Bitcoin. We don't take raccoons, uh, chickens, or squirrels in trade. But uh, the cost right now, there's three different tiers of tickets. We have the big, the bigger, and the biggest ticket. And uh, the big ticket, this gives you access to all the lectures. That is two forty nine for that ticket, $249. You have the bigger ticket, which is includes all of the lectures, plus it gives you access to the banquet dinner, which has the dinner theater-style VIP panel discussion, where we have all the VIP speakers there on a panel at the end of dinner. That is $339. And then you have the biggest ticket, which has everything I've just mentioned, plus you also get access to uh, it's the private VIP cocktail party on Friday night where you get to come in and rub shoulders personally with these speakers. You'll get to see them throughout the event, but you won't have the chance to sit down with them and talk to them, share a drink with them, and really quiz them uh, up close and personal and ask them your questions. This is, uh, it's we say private, it's semi-private in that there's more than two people there. Uh, so it's a semi-private affair. And there's a very limited number of the biggest ticket left. I think at this point we have a little more than a dozen of those tickets left uh, to attend that particular facet of the symposium. Now, so the pricing, I assume, is very much in line with what you spend for a weekend at Disneyland these days. So uh, pretty it's, it's, much. Sure. This is, uh, this is uh, four days. You're going to be coming in Wednesday night or Thursday morning. The event starts uh, with registration on Thursday morning, the 17th, runs all the way to, to between 4 and 5 o'clock on Sunday afternoon. So you're looking at four jam-packed days filled with uh, speakers. We have 18 speakers in total. And those 18 speakers also will have uh, their tables there. Uh, you're going to have vendors there, as is the norm with a lot of these kinds of events. So there's going to be a lot to do right in a very compact space. And we have to tell you, it does not come cheap to make up one of these events. It costs an arm, a leg, and a foot to pay. The 18 people, they're not coming down there just for the heck of it. You've got to pay them the airplane fare, give them the hotel rooms, give them some sort of honorarium. You've got to rent the rooms. It's a big thing. It's a big undertaking. In fact, Chris and I have offhanded talked about a possible Paracast conference. But, you know, I'm half interested and half not. I'm interested. It would be a lot of fun. But we'd have to make a huge investment to make it happen. Right. I, I will tell you, last year, or two, almost two years ago, when Micah and I started talking about this together uh, on the phone, and I said, you know, we, we should do this uh, this event, and this is what we should do, and the kind of uh, speakers we should have, the kind of atmosphere we wanted to have. And it was really more from me. I think Mike is a little smarter than me, so he probably just chuckled at me. But I made this statement. I said, how hard could it be? I said, we just invite speakers, we get a hotel, and we throw an event <laughs> and sell tickets. Oh, boy. And uh, you're absolutely right. And I make no bones about the fact that it that it costs money to come here because it costs money to make. Uh, it's like anything out there. Uh, if you publish a book uh, with a publisher, uh, they are going to charge money for that book so they can pay for that book. And you, if your book doesn't sell, they generally won't ask you to do another one. And, and they will even give you a stipend called an advance 
ahead of it, assuming the book will sell probably about that many copies. I used to do a lot of technology books, and they would always figure out almost to the dollar how many copies that book would sell because the earnings would always be, you know, the book lost $15 or I made $100 at the end of the period before the next book came out. We've got (laughs) Micah Hanks and Scott Roberts joining Gene and Chris. You're in the Paracast. The GCN Radio Network, providing the world with hard-hitting talk radio. GCN. Great talk radio starts here. Graphic Converter is the image manipulation tool for the rest of us. It does not use any database. You get full control of all your files. Want to view the images of a folder? Drag it into Graphic Converter, and a powerful browser opens up to show your image files. You could use it for slideshows. You could use it to import images from digital cameras or from scanners. Need to do some image editing? You can do that, too, in Graphic Converter. Also, print catalogs convert from so many formats i can't even list them download now to see if graphic converter is good for you like one and a half million other users guess what you could save money when you buy graphic converter use the coupon code night owl use the coupon code night owl to get a special price for graphic converter go to lemkesoft.com that's l-e-m-k-e soft.com lemkesoft.com l-e-m-k-e soft.com What's safer and cheaper than prescription drugs? Glad you asked. The answer is Renovation Teas. Herbal remedies are much safer and much cheaper than prescription drugs. Taste great, and most importantly, herbal teas are effective and non-addictive. Renovation Tea is especially unique, and here's why. We spent years researching herbs and their beneficial properties. Renovation Teas uses only 100% organic, fair trade herbs. Our teas are blended towards specific ailments and health conditions, such as diabetes, blood pressure, anxiety, libido, detox, and much more. All Renovation Teas are formulated and hand-filled in Arkansas. Take care of yourself naturally, the way Mother Nature intended. Order Renovation Teas at RenovationTea.com or call 870-784-3121. That's 870-784-3121. Renovation Tees. Renovate your health one bag at a time. We live in a complicated society. Stressful issues are always popping up. Have you ever been treated unfairly by someone? Have you ever been overcharged for a repair? Have you ever signed a contract or a document worried about identity theft? How many times have you been in those unique situations where you just wanted to call an attorney to find out if you're right or wrong or what your legal rights are? But every time you think about calling an attorney, what do you think about first? That's right. Who do you call and how much will it cost? Our friends at Legal Shield have found a solution. With a nationwide network of 6,900 attorneys who average 19 years of experience, Legal Shield's law firms take over 40,000 calls per week helping their members. For less than $20 per month, you can have access to Legal Shield on everything from the trivial to the traumatic. Let Legal Shield stand up for your rights at lsprotection.com. That's lsprotection.com. Or call 855-340-SAVE, 855-340-7283. Weakened by GMOs, stressed out about money, and blasted by the electric environment. Hi, I'm Pastor Jenny, and that was the state I was in back in 2010. 
Then I learned about RNA drops. I learned that 97% of my DNA that scientists have called junk is actually packed with millions of gene switches that play a critical role in controlling how my cells, organs, and other tissues behave. I learned I don't have to put up with disease, decay, or decline like I'd been conditioned to believe. I began taking RNA Drops, a 100% natural formula designed to turn on those switches and provide me with amazing health and joy. Learn more about RNA Drops and order a free sample today. Visit rnafreesample.com. That's rnafreesample.com. Or call toll-free 888-577-3703. Pay only shipping and handling for a free 30-day supply of RNA Drops. Get the information you need and the health you want at rnafreesample.com. This is Jacques Vallée, and you're listening to the podcast, The Gold Standard of Paranormal Radio. The reason I raise that, Scott Roberts and Micah Hanks with Gene and Chris in the Paracast, is because I think some people begrudge people from making a living and doing research. You know, how can they possibly charge for this? Well, sir, you know, here's the deal. You want people to work for free? Do you work free? Or do you expect to be fairly compensated for your work? Now, it's not the same thing as lying to make money. And, of course, we don't want that kind of thing happening. You know, have people who will make up stories, not just deliberately calling it fiction, but make up stories, claim it's factual, hoping to be rich and famous. It is doing good work, attending these sessions, and it's a lot of time to prepare for one of these conferences, and not expecting a little bit of money out of it. Absolutely. You know, well, at least to break even, uh, you know, it, it, along those lines, I mean, a lot of us and, and I, I can't speak for everyone in the field, but I know quite a number of us. Uh, we, we're not in this to make money. We're in this to educate people and just out of a sense of, of curiosity. I think, uh, you know, humans are inherently curious and some of us are motivated to really act upon that curiosity and then share the results of our of our research and in our, our process. And, uh, you know, for the, for the first seven years that I was involved, uh, from 93 through 2000, I had so many requests for information prior to, you know, the Internet that I ended up publishing a monthly report that I sent out free to other researchers who are interested in enough to in my work to contact me and ask what's going on. And at the end of seven years, it just got, you know, it, it got ridiculous, uh, the printing costs and, and, and postage and everything that. That I just uh, decided instead of charging people uh, f- for the information, I would just stop doing it and and write a second book, <laughs> basically. <laughs> so, you know, y- y- if the motivation is uh, pure and the means correct, I mean, these things do fly. And I, I really, uh, I must say, I, I really like your guys' vision for the Paradigms Symposium. I really think it's uh, it's a very popular uh, subject right now. And I, the collection of, of speakers you have. Uh, I, I I just can't wait to uh, to to meet you know quite a number of of these uh, presenters who I'm familiar with their work and and I think uh, I'm going to obviously learn a lot. Uh, that's one of the the things that excites me the most about going up there is is it's a chance for me to expand my own knowledge base and and I think if more people thought along those lines, conferences like this would uh, have a, a much easier time <laughs> meeting expenses and and. Uh, you know, generating uh, further interest and further further symposiums. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, the case can't be made 
uh, entirely that oh well, well we should support these guys because they're serious about it that's not going to be enough to to you know make people go online and say i'm okay this is the event i'm going to buy my ticket to paradigm symposium but you know the thing is is that you'll notice that the kinds of researchers that we have at this event whether they are you know far on the skeptical end like pz myers someone who again i'm looking forward to getting to know and talking with just as much as you know seeing you there chris or scotty or nick redfern or anybody else you know the thing is is that you've got a broad demographic there and these are all people who despite their you know outlook on life or their background they're serious about what they do and you know i never saw myself personally maybe scotty didn't either uh, as as uh, you know a conference promoter i've, I've worked to help with uh, a few you know conference promotions and things in the past of course always i'm always supportive of people who do it because i know the kind of rigor that goes into it you know if you want to make a nice living don't be a, a paranormal conference or an alternative conference promoter <laughs> let alone write books about this sort of subject. But, you know, again, you know, by the time I was in my late teens, I was I was very much uh, steeped in the, the work of Ivan Sanderson. You know, I was reading books by Ray Fowler and people like that. At that time, it was a dream to be able to be a person who contributed something to this field because I recognized it for what it was then, something that there was, a, if not, you know, just a grain. I mean, there was, there was a, a, a wide variety of different approaches to the study of that grain of truth that had to underlie the mystery that was being presented, whether or not all of it is true. That's what drives me. And that's what wanted, you know, what I wanted to get into the field to try and do was to study something that I feel is underappreciated. And I think that also that there's merit to the study of uh, it, it is most often a labor, uh, you know, a labor of love. I know you guys know that. <laughs> I'll tell you about it. Hey, there are a few <laughs> questions that we have from our audience posted at forum.thepowercast.com in a place called the question bank. And I thought maybe, Chris, we'd have a few moments now to get to some of those questions. Well, I, I, I do. And, and there are a couple of good ones here. Um, I'm going to start with um, one of our latest additions to the Paracast Forum family. Uh, he calls himself Pierre. I'm not sure where he's from, but uh, this is, I think, the first question he's asked here at forum.theparacast.com for one of our guests. And uh, it, the question is actually kind of, uh, it's being asked of you, Micah, but I think both of you might want to comment on this. What is your view on Eric Von Doniken, the headline speaker at, uh, I, I guess, last year's uh, symposium in regards to him, allegedly, I'm adding that word, faking evidence, exaggerating findings and fabricating stories? I, for one, cannot understand how Von Doniken has seemingly lost little to no credibility in the face of these falsehoods being exposed. Now, first of all, that's that's kind of news to me. But in terms of him being caught red handed, faking evidence, exaggerating findings and fabricating stories, uh, where do you guys come down on that? Well, uh, you know, I'll jump in here first and allow Scotty to jump in just as well. That's a good question, Pierre asks. Uh, and this is something, yes, that I'm aware of just as well. Von Daniken in the past, uh, you know, he's been criticized and he's more criticized, obviously, in the skeptical circles for this than in the, uh, you know, the ancient astronaut theorist circles and the like. But, uh, you know, at the time that he was writing the book uh, Chariots of the Gods, it is well known, and I think he has, you know, said this publicly just as well, that he actually had done some time in jail, did not serve a full sentence. The reason why is because he had amassed a tremendous amount of debt that was incurred as a result of uh, the funding that he had used for his research for being able to travel and compile the information for his book. you got to keep in mind this was before the Internet, and I don't think this excuses the fact that he was accused of and, and found guilty of wrongdoing around the time. But the point is, is that, you know, without the Internet, without readily available funding, uh, Von Daniken may have gone about some questioning 
procedures. I think he had been a, a hotel operator at the time, and he had gained access to some funding that he used uh, and then served time for purposes of, of, of misusing those funds, which he used to facilitate his research. Now, he didn't end up uh, serving a complete sentence, and as I understand, that was paid back after Chariots of the Gods ended up becoming the incredible you know, book that it was and the, and the, and the multi-million seller copy. Uh, as a matter of fact, I think it's still a very good uh, selling book today. Now, later on down the road, people had said that he had put forth a number of fraudulent claims. Uh, some of these included also, I think, the utilization of, of artifacts and things that were presented in photographs in his books that may not have actually come from certain sites. Uh, one of the more prolific examples was an assertion that he had made which uh, had to do with the notion that bananas were actually potentially of extraterrestrial origin. Now, when he was interviewed in the 1970s by Play, uh, Playboy magazine about that, the interviewer asked Mr. Von Daniken, are you actually serious about the assertion that bananas come from another planet? And Von Daniken said, no, I am not. That interview is still available online. Of course, I read all of this before we put together the Paradigm Symposium. I think Von Daniken literally said so much as the fact that sometimes I will include what are tongue-in-cheek references to things in my books that people at times have taken seriously. Now, if there are actual claims of fraudulent information being brought forward, that's that's one thing. I know in many of the cases, Von Daniken had clearly been trying to make a very dry joke, and people took him literally. Now, from my own personal experiences, the night that Scotty and I met him at Paradigm Symposium, we went up and I said, Mr. Von Daniken, it's great to meet you. And he says, no, 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 no. You will call me Eric, because for the next three days, I am yours. I come here, I work for you. Thank you for having me at your symposium. And he was a very, very good person to be around. He's, he's congenial. He was hanging out with the guests and the people. He was, and in his years, Scotty, how old is Von Daniken now? He's got to be. Uh, he's got to be 78 this year. Yeah. He, I have to say he was one of the most, he's a true professional, one of the best people that we've ever worked with. And uh, whether you endorse all his theories, I don't endorse all of Von Daniken's theories, but I respect the man for the, the life he's put into it, the work he's put behind what he's done. You know, also for that wry sense of humor, which on camera, with Prometheus Productions there at the event, I was happy to say I think a lot of people don't realize the brilliance in this man's research and at times, yes, his humor. So maybe that doesn't excuse everything he's ever been involved with. But, you know, he's someone who, despite his background, and his beliefs and whether you believe exactly what he does, he has put forth a lot of effort to produce. And you have to respect him for that. Uh, may I just throw in here, too, guys? And you only have 30 gonna... seconds, so maybe we shouldn't. So you'll throw it in after we get to our final segment. And that you is, got it. I just think that. If I understand what you're saying about his legal problems, it was a matter of maybe diverting funds to a different purpose than was otherwise intended. Is that it? Yes. Very quickly, I'll say maybe that was unethical. But as I understand, he paid off his debts with the sales of the book after the fact. Okay, fine. And hopefully he gave them a decent amount of interest. We have Scott Allen Roberts with Micah Hanks and Gene and Chris. You're in the Paracast. America's number one source for independent talk radio for over a decade. We are the GCN Radio Network. If you want to get your website online and you need reliable service, first-class service at the lowest possible price, there's only one place to go. Well, DreamHost has a special promotion with our show where they'll offer you unlimited disk space, unlimited bandwidth, one-click web apps such as WordPress, 24-7 support. You can save over $55. You want to know how? Go to DreamHost.com radio, DreamHost.com radio. Whether 
whether it's personal mail, whether it's business email, you want reliable, dependable delivery, freedom from spam, freedom from viruses. Well, Polaris Mail offers professional email hosting services for your personal or small business use. Each account uses 25 gigabytes of storage, an easy-to-use webmail interface, and full mobile sync. Sign up today for a 30-day free trial at PolarisMail.com, PolarisMail.com. You are now in the crosshairs. The NSA and the FBI are treating you like a criminal and monitoring your every move. Ron Paul said recently, the evidence of the totalitarian nature of this government is on display undeniably every day. What's taking place right now is a coup and the destruction of the Constitution. Fortunately, there is something you can do about it. Learn how to be invisible, lock down your privacy, and even disappear forever. Go to privacylockdown.com to learn how. That's privacylockdown.com. Attention homeschoolers, teachers, and students of all ages. Now there's a way to learn English grammar using the Holy Bible. Sacred Grammar is a unique book that teaches all of the fundamentals of English grammar using Bible verses. Affordable and simple to use, it's a superb supplement and a great teacher's aid. Whether your focus is teaching children at home, strengthening your own writing skills, or just speaking proper English, Sacred Grammar offers all the tools you'll ever need. Learn to use words through His Word. For more information, go to sacredgrammar.com at sacredgrammar.com. It's hurricane and wildfire season again. Why do thousands of people sit in these reoccurring problem areas year after year, betting their lives that the disaster won't get them? Hundreds of you helped eFoods Direct ship 50,000 donated meals to the Oklahoma victims. The problem is we can't help everybody. If every one of us who can will take care of ourselves, we can all pitch in to take care of those who really can't. The new just-in-case pack from eFoods Direct is the big brother to the seven-day emergency pack designed for Oklahoma disaster donations. It contains a two-month supply for one person, or a one-month supply for two adults, or a two-week supply for a family of four. The $320 price is $50 less than retail. Call 800-409-5633 on the web eFoodsDirect.com slash Alex. Order two or more, get 10% off, free shipping applies. Call 800-409-5633 on the web eFoodsDirect.com slash Alex. Hi, my name is Scott Fuchs, teacher and rowing coach for over 14 years. I was sluggish, overweight, on prescription drugs, and only 30-something. Fortunately, I was referred to Dr. Z, and happy to say Dr. Z's all-natural protocols over a consistent course resolved my health issues. I'm in the best shape of my life, and most importantly, on zero medications. I'm Dr. Zdanowski, author of Evology, trained as a primary care physician, surgical manipulation under anesthesia, Expert in nutrition, diet, weight loss, immune system, and I specialize in chiropractic. My 15 years of professional experience has taught me the four keys to vibrant health, a balanced muscular skeletal system, an integrated nervous system, a flowing lymphatic system, and a body filled with over 90 essential nutrients. This has been a secret too long. Actualize your potential. Reverse disease. Call me, Dr. Z. 201-945-1177, evolveyourself.com. Hi, this is Don Ecker, and you are tuned into the Paracast. Let me tell you what, you're going to hear stuff here that you probably won't hear anywhere else. Hear that, George Snorri? We continue with Scott, Alan Roberts, and Micah Hanks, and Scott, had a comment to make as we continue on the final segment of the PowerCast, Scott. 
Well, I, I was going to say, I know you'll find this hard to believe, but there were times in my life 40 years ago where I may have told a lie or exaggerated something, but it does not characterize who I am today and what I do today. Now, I was never out to fleece anybody. 40 years ago, I was just a kid. But with this is something that I don't like about this type of characterization of anybody is to say that he either exaggerated something or he committed some act of uh, minor criminal offense, uh, uh, a misdemeanor type of an offense, or he had or he committed something. You know what? If that was 40 to 50 years ago, uh, I, I look at it this way. Again, I'll use a biblical reference. You know, the Apostle Paul murdered people before he was the Apostle Paul. So, um, you know, if you if you want to look at things in that light, everybody's got a past. Everybody's got things they've done. Uh, everybody's got things that happen. If you dig up everybody's skeletons, uh, oh, maybe we'd all be on more equal ground. But uh, um, I don't like the the muckraking and the the uh, uh, yellow journalistic approach to uh, trying to create a big fraudulent uh, character out of Eric Von Daniken because he did something in his past um, that was not, on the grand scheme of things, not all that big a deal. Okay, Chris, any more questions? Yeah, we do have uh, a number of them. Uh, I just wanted to add here that uh, you can say what you want about Eric Von Donneken. You can agree with him or disagree with him. But one thing that you can't argue, and that is that he really inspired and opened up you know, the curiosity centers of millions of people, including myself here. I remember just being totally fascinated by the book when it came out when I was a kid. Um, this is a question uh, for Scotty. Uh, this comes, uh, he, he, this comes actually from, uh, from a woman, her name is Alam Bombat. She's one of our, uh, more recent signees up, uh, at com, And she heard you on a radio show and, uh, a couple of them. And you mentioned that Hitler claimed to be the leader of a master race and, this was all based on his belief that he was a descendant of these serpent-blooded kings. That's kind of part one. And part two, she says she listened to you on another broadcast on Before It's News, and you mentioned that Hitler was a member of the Thule Society, and she contends that he was not. So uh, her question, her first question is rather long, and I, I just paraphrased it. But but uh, what is this about Hitler's godlike claim to power? I mean, uh, did he really believe that he was a descendant of uh, some sort of serpent-blooded uh, uh, kingship line or something? I don't know if Hitler uh, claimed ever to be serpentine or, or or linked to a serpentine bloodline. I never would have said that. Uh, he he did. He was part of some of the movements, however, that had those at the core of their belief. Uh, as far as him being part of the Thule Society, it's a historical fact. Uh, they don't know if he ever attended a single meeting, but he was a member and a card carrying member. And uh, the Thule Society was it was what he reorganized himself into the National Socialist Party. Chris, any more questions? Uh, this is a question from Polterwurst, who's one of our uh, our main posters at forum.theparacast.com. And this is a question for Micah. I sometimes think there are two different singularities people are talking about, humanity merging with computers or individual people merging with each other to form a kind of spiritual superconsciousness. Do you get that too? And if so, which one would you prefer or subscribe to? I do get that. I would prefer and subscribe to the latter. 
uh, there are definitely two distinct kinds of singularities. One is the concept of a human singularity, an individual singularity, a spiritual kind of singularity, and people coming together, a consciousness shift or perhaps a paradigm shift. And then there is the concept of technological singularity, which is the one that is referenced by Ray Kurzweil and the transhumanists, which is something that is expected to come. Kurzweil says around the year 2029, and that involves man and machine merging or, you know, more effectively, the production of artificial intelligence. Okay. Yeah, I would have to agree with that. And uh, here's another one from Polterwurst. What do you think about Von Donneken's claim that for a few weeks, I guess in the 80s, he lived with an alien energy life form, which took the form of a younger version of himself? Now, that's news to me. Uh, either of you want to enlighten us on one. that one? <laughs> yeah, I'd never heard that either. Uh, um, well, I don't know. It'd be more likely to find a mummy in an ancient pyramid, I would say, certainly. But uh, you know, who knows? Again, whether you disagree <laughs> or you agree, our intent with, with involvement with Von Daniken and someone who is a human being, I really enjoy being around. I hope to meet him again one day and hang out with him, maybe at a future symposium. But Von Daniken is definitely a person who's made some in- interesting claims. Whether I endorse or believe all of those, I recognize him for the cultural impact he has had. Yeah. And there it is. And, you know, there there is so much. We were talking earlier about mythology. There is so much, I believe, mythos that builds around these types of characters. You, you look at uh, anybody who has a name in any of these types of fields, and you will find so much non-information about them or information that everybody insists is so. And when it really boils down to it, uh, stories like this. Who knows if it's even a true story or if it's something that somebody said about him? There's no way to know for sure other than to ask it. Yeah, yeah, that, that, that's news to me. I've never heard anything uh, even coming close to that. And uh, now that you mention that, boy, I, I, sometimes I wonder the kind of stuff that's out there about Gene or about myself and other people. Uh, I've had people ask me some of the most outrageous things. That, well, I heard you uh, said this or you did this. And it's like, what? Where did that come from? Gene, have you ever hung out with an alien? Well, I cannot, of course confirm or deny those rumors jim mosley though right he would have to he would well have to. okay yeah i hung out with <laughs> jim mosley for many many years i worked for him we were close personal friends and i have to say if he was an alien i hung out with him hey guys we have just a few minutes left and there's a lot to wrap up with here micah hanks tell our listeners where they can find more of your stuff Absolutely. Well, there's, of course, my personal website, www.micahanks.com, and every Sunday night I produce a program live on the KGRA radio network called, get this, the Micah Hanks Program. Uh, books and uh, podcasts and things are available there, and of course, a lot of your listeners already know about the Graylian Report, and that's the the website that features a lot of the weird news and the ufological-themed things. Uh, there's a lot of information about me that you can find there, as well as the weekly Graylian podcast, which is downloadable on iTunes.com. People can email me info at MicahHanks.com if they've got any more questions, and of course, it's always good to be on the Paracast. And by the way, Chris and I have been on his show. Okay, Scott Roberts, where can we find more of your stuff, and you can give us a real fast plug for Paradigm Symposium. All right, well, you can go to my website, scottallenroberts.com, and see all there is to know about me. Uh, I have a new book coming out in October, releasing at the Paradigm Symposium, called The Exodus Reality, that I co-wrote with Dr. John Ward. And uh, you, I also have a uh, radio show podcast that airs immediately following the Micah Hanks program on Sunday nights from 10 p.m. till midnight Eastern Time on kgraradio.com. And uh, you can see all about our book, my, the, the new book at ExodusReality.com. Don't spell realty. You'll end up trying to buy a house somewhere in Syria. It's ExodusReality.com. 
com. I understand they have a special on those homes from Syria. <laughs> yeah, you can get a home in Damascus really cheap right now. <laughs> oh, yeah, especially after Congress completes their work. We'll know about that. <laughs> don't get me started. You don't have any time left. Well, we'll have well, to do a second show. That's going to be the Paracast Political. And uh, we haven't even come up with that yet because I just made it up. And, of course, we have the Paradigm Symposium. We have a link, by the way, to a lot of this stuff over at Paracast.com. I don't have links for everything. Otherwise, we wouldn't have any information when we talk about the show. It would just be a bunch of links. All right? We <laughs> well, don't need that. Because Paradigm Symposium is easy. Just go to ParadigmSymposium.com. And uh, Mike and I uh, both work with uh, our own Intrepid magazine. You could go there, IntrepidMag.com. There's links to Paradigm all over that as well. Boy, I've never had so many links in my entire born days. Chris O'Brien, where can we find more of your stuff? Well, as we discover every week on the Paracast, uh, we live on a strange planet. It's OurStrangePlanet.com. All right. And you can find us at TheParacast.com. Once again, that's TheParacast.com. And you can check out all the episodes, every single episode of the Paracast from February 2006 is available for download. Or check it from iTunes, but iTunes doesn't always list all the older episodes. We're also on Twitter as the Paracast. And we even have another radio show called The Tech Night Owl Live, where I talk about personal technology where I talk about Apple and Microsoft and Samsung and iPhones and Androids and all that stuff. There you go. Scott Allen Roberts, Micah Hanks, thank you both for joining us this week on the Paracast. Thanks for having me, guys. Always a pleasure. We'll see you again soon. The Paracast. Featuring Gene Steinberg and Christopher O'Brien is a copyrighted presentation of Making the Impossible Incorporated. Tune in next week for a new adventure in The Paracast.